0: It's time for Push To Play, your weekly trophy podcast with Mindy and CJ.
1: Hello listeners, and welcome to episode 37 of Push to Platt on a beautiful, lazy, warm Sunday afternoon, or a late night in America. How are you today, Mindy?
2: I'm, you know, lazy's a good word. I'm just, I've been pretty tired today. It's kind of, the weather's weather's dropping, so you don't want to go outside, so you stay in a warm little huddle, and it just makes you sleepy.
1: That sounds perfect. And listeners, do we have a guest for you today? In fact, a wonderful returning guest, long-time friend of the show. And listeners, I warn you, he has told us today he is full of energy. We may not get a word in either way, but I look forward to it either way. So, without further ado, sir, 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 resident Darrell. I am fantastic. (laughs) I thought for a second there, actually, you might have forgotten your usual trick. Oh, no, I actually had to put my controller down to crack a can. So, listeners, just to give you a little look behind the curtain of this podcast, if you like, and in full professional disclosure, Mindy has decided today to take on Daryl's challenge and play a game while she's podcasting. I wonder how this is gonna go.
2: I don't know, we'll have to see what happens. I am a little tired.
1: So there you go, listeners. What could possibly go wrong today? I don't, I don't know. But look, let's take a moment. I'd like, well, I'd like to take a moment if it's okay with you listeners before we jump in today. And I'd just like to thank any new listeners we have of course the returning listeners as well but any new listeners we've noticed a bit of a growth in the numbers again a bit of an upswell an uptick forward momentum we're charting if you say on a, on a small scale of course listeners and we do really appreciate it it is possible that these numbers are only increasing because we just dumped a whole lot of content in the last week or two with our halloween episodes but look but look, maybe maybe we are growing. And if we are, I'd like to thank you listeners for spreading the word. And if you're not spreading the word, you selfish bastards, then why don't you start? Help us out. Okay, that's the end of the promo. Now, I thought we could start today with a bit of a question, if you like. Now, this is something that I've noticed a little bit... I I know it. I know everybody gets it. It sort of ebbs and flows a bit, but but I've noticed a bit in my my own profile just recently. And this is the random PSN messenger. Now Mindy and Daryl, do either of you suffer from this? The the random messenger, if you like the bot. Some people would call it the Russian sex doll. Perhaps you know the Ukrainian money launderer. I don't know, but does this happen to either of you? I'm intrigued.
0: Uh, yeah, actually, I get uh, lots of uh, messages for people offering um, scandalous photos and sexy time for money. Um, as a matter of fact, it doesn't actually stop on the PSN. Every now and again, I'll get a message on SoundCloud. <laughs> it's like, hey, I want you to see my body. And I'm just like, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> but no, Thanks.
1: There is, I'm going to ask you about this because you're familiar with SoundCloud, but there is this strange thing of people that offer to sort of promote you or something, don't they? They're obviously, it's some sort of dodginess. But Every track. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: it's, they're bots. I mean, it's funny because, like, uh, t- speaking of SoundCloud, I actually uploaded a bunch of old EPs from my band. And um, it's like, as soon as I uploaded them, we're getting likes and we're getting uh, messages. And I was like, hey, I want to promote your track and we'll get you shows in such and such town. I'm like, these EPs are from 2007. We are not even a band anymore. Like, it's like maybe if I was just getting started, I'd fall for that one. But I'm like, oh, it's like,
1: well, it doesn't hurt that these it. people offering to do it have very attractive uh, feminine you know, pictures as well, does it? So you know, they, These bots, at least, are very good looking.
0: I would I challenge whoever programs these bots to really put some just fat uggos in the pictures, you know what I'm saying? Like really go out of your way to get some trailer park trash in there and just like see how that one goes, you know? I'd like to see the analytics on that one.
1: It would be more believable perhaps, I think. Yes. It's like this
0: this is a real person right here. That's that's legit, a real person. But
1: this is this looks like the sort of person that would listen to me. Yes. This this is legit. <laughs> So Mindy, Mindy, has this, has this happened to you or do you keep a clean profile? Do you manage to avoid this?
2: Uh, It happens. It happens sometimes. I've gotten probably five or six of them in total. I don't, I just delete them right away. I, I recognize them pretty. I tend to get more of the whole, like the money stuff than the sexy women stuff. Mm. Like the, oh, click here and you can get a $50 PSN card for $20, you know?
1: As a, as a female gamer, have you ever thought about doing it yourself? Sending some of these messages out?
2: <laughs> no. Honestly, I um, I have a theory that it might be, they might be bots tailored by your gaming profile. Oh. Like, they, they see certain games, they're like, okay, that's probably, a you know, a dude. Let's send a naked mm. lady. Mm.
1: Mm. That's a pretty safe so, assumption, I suppose.
0: Well, it's crazy. Um, on Facebook, like, uh, I used to get a bunch of messages on Facebook. And then when I changed my status to married, it cut all that stuff out. Now, I don't know if that, you know what I'm saying, like some of that stuff changed. If it's a settings thing, if it's like like these bots scan for, you know what I'm saying, like males that are a certain age, you know, maybe, you know, single looking to mingle in my bio was probably uh, attracting some of these bots. I don't know.
1: It's interesting to hear that your Facebook slowed down because I understand your Tinder profile is still red hot. (laughs)
0: I'm so old now, though, and out of it. I wouldn't even know how to Tinder. It. It's so funny because uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and they were talking about TikTok. I guess that's like a new thing.
2: It's basically it's basically what has replaced Vine.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that may, that scene. I wish they would have said that because I'm like, oh god, enough. Because what I've always done is like every time a social profile comes out, I would go and just like get the resident Daryl name, you know, uh, just so that no Jabroni would go and take my name and still my identity and this time i'm like you know what i'm done (laughs) that's it i've got i've gone as far as i'm willing to go
1: this is an alarming question but i but i'm sure now that i think about it i'm sure it exists is there like a a tinder or grinder if you're that way inclined listeners for the you know the geriatric person the the older gentleman or lady do you think there is yeah, gotcha.
2: <laughs> Why, you know why do you have Andre. to say that now i gotta look it up
1: i know i want to know as well i'm just thinking about the pictures you might see that that it'd really bring a bring a whole new level to raunchies oh wouldn't it?
0: man <laughs> 60 plus and no teeth looking for a hot friday night
2: oh man i just i just googled like old people tinder and it took me to a article that said the five best senior dating sites and the first one is okay cupid i'm like oh that's a that's a blast in the past uh,
0: good you know down here in the south we get um christian mingle is like a really popular one. Oh yeah like you're right around the right around the town and it's like oh i got every so many blocks there's like a little sign like a phone number christian mingles
2: oh there's also one called lumen and oh plenty of fish i think that's another christian one isn't it
0: I believe so, yeah.
2: Like, it's like plenty of fish in the sea, but, like, I think it's got a Christian bend.
0: Yeah, I believe it.
2: And eHarmony. I remember those commercials, that old dude who's like, we've tracked down 16 scientifically proven attraction (laughs) points and, like, uh, that dude was creepy. I'm like, I don't want this like seventy year old telling me how to find love. I really don't.
1: I tell you what. By the time you're seventy, those gra- those those That's points so would be a lot lower, wouldn't they? <laughs> the gravitational forces affect you <laughs> it's like <laughs> but look anyway anyway <laughs> listeners we're, we're really deviating here from the original original topic but if we can help in your love life as well why should we why should we not attempt to <laughs> spam love life as I'm a like, patreon <laughs> As a patreon service that's right
0: so, dating <laughs> service.
1: so the, only, the reason i want to bring this up too is that i've noticed like i get to be honest with you, listeners, I don't get media on my main. My alt accounts get a lot of action. So I, I very rarely log into them anyway, but there's always a couple of messages. So I, I sort of feel bad for those, those bots because there's no one there to reply to them. So, you know, I would, I would advise them to <clears throat> maybe rejig the formula, you know, to non-alt accounts perhaps. But I've been
2: getting... Why should you Why should you feel bad for them? That's literally <laughs> what? what happens if you try to reply to the bots. There's nothing there to reply but to. It, well, maybe, don't maybe feel bad. it replies
1: back to you. I don't know.
2: You're, just, you're flipping the dynamic. <laughs>
0: It's- Have you ever read any of the responses people post on the internet to those things? Yeah. Cause they are freaking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. So let, let's see. It, now this other point, now this is not really messages, but this is, this is a phenomena that I don't remember happening until about a year ago. So I think it's obviously it's been going on, but I think it's growing in popularity. The random like do you, and I read about this on a Discord from someone else, so it's obviously happening to d- different people, but they sort of said everybody has someone on their friends list, and, you know, friends list, whether you know them or not, it's sort of, you know, you pick up people here, there, and everywhere, as you know, listeners. But do you have a random liker on your profile, Mindy? Is there someone that just likes to like things that you do?
2: Um, Not not with any sort of consistency. Um, I have some friends who are more mm. likely to like things than others, but I I wouldn't. There's not one person that I'd point out and be like, they they just put a like on whatever I do.
1: Hmm. And Daryl?
0: I do. Yes, actually. My uh, my nine-year-old son's girlfriend, she likes the okay. random trophies that I get. And she has no clue what they are. But, <laughs> but what happens is uh, there's certain games that like my son, like the VR stuff or whatever, uh, if it's a digital download, they'll play the VR games under my profile. And um, <laughs> I guess every now and again, they use my profile to chat. So for whatever reason, she'll just start liking my trophies. I guess she's hoping they're his. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, they're gonna claim them one day, I see. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, well, it's an interesting phenomenon. And so, listeners, I have I have a random liker as well, which I quite enjoy. We, we converse, but I always feel the pressure of if he likes something then I need to like something back, so it becomes a likeathon, I suppose, of who can like the most. Now, unfortunately, he is not what you would call a spam gamer, listeners. So there, there are he, he plays a lot, but there are good periods where he doesn't earn a trophy. So, so I often need to go back seven days to to, to find something, or you know, and, and I've already liked it, so it, it's, it's difficult. So if you are going to be a random liker, I suggest that you do earn some trophies as well, so that we can reciprocate the favor. Because I I definitely, I know Mindy wouldn't feel this pressure, but I definitely, I definitely feel this pressure. And now, my last point, my last point on this, a labored, labored question, listeners, is now, I don't know if this is unique to me. I was once told that I find a lot of interesting people on PSN, and I don't think it was a good thing. So I have acquired a random party chatter that every time I come on, I get a request to join the party chat, followed up by another request and then another request about three minutes later, and then a direct message joined the chat. So have you, Mindy or Daryl, ever had the next step, almost the stalkerish step, of the of the random party inviter?
2: No. Um, there's, there's one or two people on my list where I think what they do is just, I, I think there's probably like an invite all option, and I usually get invited to the same two or three people's parties just because I think they're just inviting their entire friends list, but I never join them. But I wouldn't I definitely would not be getting the level that you
1: claim to be getting here. Well, it's just one person. Daryl, do you uh do you have the random
0: Not anymore. Uh back when the Xbox three sixty was the uh flavor of the week. It would be as soon as you log on, someone's inviting you to a party. Now I don't know. I think I just have a different type of friends, you know, now or like thereof now, because uh, you know, I don't I don't have if I get invited to a party, it's
1: surely by mistake. Mm. Mm. well that's how i feel too i don't i don't talk on the on the system really at all so it interests me but i i think listeners i think what i've learned is that perhaps having an open door policy to psn friends is probably not the best best strategy and you know (laughs) look, look, it it, it is what it is but look you know why not why not just you know uh, the other thing now this is a topic for another time these these clubs communities getting invites into these it's very strange but anyway you know and posting things but look fascinating fascinating Diversion from what we're really here for, listeners, which is games. Now you're probably saying, well, this has been a massive week. This has been PlayStation's, I don't know, Diamond Diamond Week, if you want, in the rough. The Kojima, the Death Stranding. When are they going to talk about it? Everybody's talked about it. Well, you'll have to wait and see if we're going to talk about it at all, listeners, because we're not going to talk about it now. Well, not yet. Anyway. But we are going to talk about something, Daryl. <laughs> hopefully, right. hopefully. Now, what what have you been playing? What would you like to share with our listeners? Am I starting? I would love you to start.
0: <laughs> okay. I played and completed the Call of Duty Modern Warfare campaign. Ooh. I know you guys had mentioned on a recent episode, I can't remember who was on, but I think CJ, maybe you said you thought about checking it out. I'm not sure. Maybe it was that the week it was on the drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you might have slid that one in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
2: think we read out Eastie uh platinumed it.
0: Gotcha, so. gotcha. And I am here to report that it is really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I've played and completed almost every Call of Duty. I feel like I've beaten them all on one system or another. But uh, this one's really good. Um, it is a little more... It's it's definitely story-focused. So what they did this time, opposed to, like, like I said, the last entry, they didn't have a campaign at all. They had um you know, the Battle Royale or whatever. Well, on this one, they it's it's almost all story. Like the the trophies are story centric or you know, campaign centric. There's no multiplayer trophies. Uh, there's like a DLC line for some spec ops or you know, special ops stuff um, that you can do cooperatively. But it is uh, the campaign is the it's the focus in this game, and it is really good. I didn't get the platinum yet. I'm gonna go back and get it uh, sooner rather than later but just with this season flooding with a bunch of games, I figured I would try really hard to play several of them. And then I know you had reached out to me about us doing maybe some long form stuff on a few other games, but yeah. So the call of duty game, one of the things I really loved about it is it's more of a, it's more focused on a uh, really close quarter stuff. So when they, when they, Use the term modern warfare. It's not necessarily a callback to their old title, modern warfare. It's more so on what war, war looks like today. Uh, war is a little messy. You know, there's a lot more emphasis on random civilians getting caught in the crossfire, um, terrorists doing you know mass bombings and things like that. There's some darker and grittier story uh, sections where you have to play as kids caught in the middle of a war. They did a really, really good job of giving you uh, a variety of missions, uh, some some gravity to the missions, uh, and then even just one of my favorite ones was where you have to clear out this like townhouse, almost like an apartment building, and you're going. It's like you kill the lights, you got your night vision on, and you're it's four or five guys going up a stairwell, and they 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 kind of have to look over each other's shoulder, and it's very easy to accidentally shoot your partner and um and then randomly as you're busting through you know saying some of these apartment buildings there's like women and children in the rooms and like the first person that moves is the one that you want to shoot first but that's not always necessarily the the one you need to kill and and there's a there's certain missions where killing a civilian will will automatically make you restart and there's some of them where you can accidentally gun down a, a civilian and one of your teammates will scream at you, but like you have to keep moving. But it's really good. It's uh it's it's a fantastic game. There's some really, really neat things that they do with the story and with the different missions. I really enjoyed it. And the trophy list is very manageable, uh, aside from having to actually beat the game on you know the harder difficulties, which in Call of Duty is, you know, with their monster closets and things, they can be a bit frustrating. I've got at least one, maybe two Call of Duty Platinums. I, I can't remember off the top of my head but it was good. I really enjoyed it. And I highly recommend it, even if you're not necessarily a Call of Duty fan, but if you like first person shooters and a decent story, I recommend that one pretty good.
1: Hmm. So because I have played the campaign as well. So I'm going to ask you some questions here about what you thought about it. Like I think the gunplay, as you said and all that stuff, that's really good. It was fantastic. The story is very good or whatever. I felt, uh, and as you said, the last year's one didn't have a campaign. Perhaps I felt this time, for the, and I know the previously the ones have not been great, the campaigns have been a, a bit of a hit and miss. But this one, as you said, definitely is. I felt in times this one, it was very, I mean, very real, realistic, very, very um, full on, if you like. I, it almost felt like, uh, to me, and I'm sure this is not, you know, maybe for people that play a lot of these games, they're they, they still... They, they don't have any association with what they're really doing or they, they don't put association to it, but you, you, you reference the children and the women, you know, and there's, there's points in the game where when I played through the first time I, I chose not to shoot the woman because you're like, you know, you shouldn't shoot the woman. And then she turns around and grabs a gun and shoots you yep. straight away. Yep. And it's very like, I know this is reality. This is what would, you know, this happens, but I, I found that very jarring in it, it, like, you know, it, 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 it really added to the game, but I, I don't, remember these sort of things being in previous games like this it's a lot more realism i thought that the children's section as you said moving through the gas and and that section you know i suppose it's a minor spoiler here listeners but there there's a stealth section to that section at the start isn't there where you're hiding oh, yeah. from the the uh, russian um the russian soldier and i don't know did you find that that there was a lot more realism in this campaign
0: oh yeah absolutely and and, and you know call of duty's time to kill is so fast and it really felt like they turned this one down, as far as movement speed and just the 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 speed of you know, the Michael Bay gameplay. They turned it down just a notch, just a hair, just enough to make you think, you know. And like you said, I didn't I didn't want to say it, you know. But like, yeah, like there's certain rooms you go in, and then there's like a like, and so many of these terrorists, these Al Qatal guys or whatever, Al Qaeda for you know. Uh, if you want to say, be a little simpler with it, but like so many of these guys would go in a room and they'd hide behind a woman or a child and it was just like crazy. And then they, what they do is they scurry and then they boom, they start shooting at you. And then, like you said, there's, there's times where you don't shoot the woman in the room and then she shoots at you. Or even there were times where like, you'd have like wounded soldiers, you know, in these hospital areas. And, you know, most of everybody in there seems like they're dying. And then randomly, which, I mean, I almost kind of expected it at that point, you know, from so many twists and turns from the, the the enemy's decisions, there'd be a random guy just sit up on a hospital bed with an AK-47 and start firing at you. So it's, uh, they didn't really, I, I really, I've never been in war, you know what I'm saying? Like I've never served in the military. I've got really close friends that did. And just some of the stories I've heard and some of the things that I've seen in movies that, you know, that they're like, oh, this is inspired heavily by what it's really like, blah, blah, It really does seem like this Call of Duty tried to match a level of realism out there while still trying to gamify, you know, the fact that it's, you know, it's a game. It was good. I, I, I really, really, it, the night vision missions and the stealth missions were my favorite.
1: There's another point, and I know Mindy won't, won't mind here, but Mindy, I'm interested in your, your views because I'm going to link it to another game. I know, I know you haven't played this. So, listeners, if you don't want any spoilers, I'd advise maybe just jumping ahead three, three or so minutes uh, just at this point just just so you're, you're safe. But, uh, Mindy, what I'm alluding to here, and Daryl will know, is there's, there's a section in the game where you, the, uh, you're playing as, as the guy or whatever and they bring the family of the terrorist in, the wife and child, and you have a a choice whether you want to play that scene or not you can skip the scene and the game continues or you can play that scene and in effect their their bags are put over their heads or whatever else and they're not really tortured per se, but they're you know you're, you're given a gun, they're held at gunpoint to to try and get their father, the terrorist, to talk. Uh, I'm sure you you remember this section, Daryl. So this this sort of gameplay it links back to a little bit for me GTA five with Trevor, where there was a torture scene. I think if you remember, where you could choose.
2: It's so funny. I was just thinking when you were explaining it, that's what I was thinking of with the car battery and stuff, right? Yep.
1: Yeah, you're right. that's right. So that was actual torture. Now, just, just as I said, listeners, now's the time to jump ahead. But so, Daryl, I'm not sure. I imagine you probably played this scene. You probably didn't choose to skip it. Oddly I enough, that. I didn't think it was. <clears throat> I really didn't think it was going to
0: give me the option, you know, like whenever mm. the guy, look, whenever Price looks over at you and says, hey, are you doing this or not? You know, I chose no just out of like the natural, you know, I'm a good guy. I do good guy things. This is crossing the line. And then I missed the whole scene altogether, and I was like, "Yes, wow, it was cool." And I I checked the trophies. I was like, "Okay, so I I didn't like lock myself out of a trophy for doing that." It really does give you the option to not see when they brought that woman and that child in there. It gives you the option to not see the torture, and it was it was neat. I I kind of wish I would have seen it, you know, but Mm i I was pretty I was pretty okay with the fact that it allowed me to just opt out of a torture scene as if I was that soldier who took a moral line you know, in the sand and was like, no, I'm not doing this.
1: Yeah. That so was pretty good. That is good. So I want to, I want to follow it a little further though, because I mean, uh, I, I did both. So I went through on the veteran playthrough and, or uh, well, the first playthrough I did on easy. I, I did play the scene the second I didn't to see what would happen. So in, when you do play the scene, there's this, and this is Mindy, I'm interested in your opinion here too. There's this really pivotal moment where, you know, he's putting pressure on the guy, you're holding the gun or whatever. He never tells you to fire the gun at the child or whatever else. And you're standing there and it's getting heated, there's yelling going on. He's threatening the guy, terrorist, trying to get the information. And you're never once told to shoot the gun. But, and I didn't want to do it, but I did. And I shot the gun at the kid. And, um, you know, I hope you'll jump, jump ahead and listen if you don't care. There are no bullets in the gun. The guy's given you, but you don't know that. And he makes, he turns to you and goes, whoa, well, that was your decision to do that. And I thought that was real. This is, this is your other, the friendly soldier. And I thought, we're well, like, wow, that that's really saying something, especially for a Call of Duty game. And I wonder, I just wonder, though, if, because I've read some comments where people have found that scene very confronting because of that. But do you think, and I know it's a very big generalization considering that call of duty is mainly a multiplayer shooter game. Do you think something like that is going to carry weight? Or do you think a lot of people will just go, "Hmm, whatever and not associate with that at all?
0: I'm sure the vast majority of call of duty players, a, they were not going to play the campaign just because the majority of people who buy it don't play the campaign. But B I would imagine the ones that do play it are Looking for a story, but I don't know you know what I'm saying like for I didn't play that, and now, like hearing you say it, that means that there's a there's another layer to this scene that you know what I'm saying, like you could do it, you could do it and not pull the trigger, or you could not do it, which is what I did, and so, yes, I don't know, man, I would hope that um that it would people would- it would i don't know that it will, but I would really hope that people who actually take the time to play it will walk away with this going, huh because again giving me the option not to do it made me sit back and go there's a lot of thought into this one
1: yes it's very it's a very interesting thing it, after that scene i i stopped and i thought wow call of duty has emotional depth like it it sort of it sort of shocked me because yeah it it, it does play so differently to what i was expecting and then i mean as you said there's still sections later on but that that it's a pivotal moment one of the great things listen is if you have played the game obviously and and you didn't miss that and you want to do it you can do chapter select and you can start right there basically at that point my understanding is so you know if you want to experiment with it and see for yourself that that is a a possibility i see that the trophies you have are much the same as the trophies i have as well to do so would like to both yeah, I'm of us like there. right
0: about. 50, <laughs> I'm about fifty percent through, or fifty-one percent through, or something like that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So sorry to sidetrack you there. What should we go on to next?
0: I've been dabbling with a bunch of random stuff. Uh, I'm getting ready to do a uh, another like a PG spoilers or a deep dive, some kind of on uh Dead Space. Mm. So I've been playing through Dead Space, which doesn't show up in my PSN profiles because. I, the room that I'm playing in has my PlayStation Three, and there's no internet in that room. Like the Wi-Fi doesn't connect, so that one's been you know <clears throat> kind of done incognito. Uh, fun game. I, I've you know beat it on the three hundred and sixty. I'm going back through it on PlayStation Three. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but the game I've spent the probably the most time with that I probably want to talk about more than anything else on my profile, Call of Duty aside, would be Dying Light. Which I I know I I mentioned it to you guys before we were live uh, on the show, but Dying Light's a first-person open-world parkour zombie apocalypse game. It is really, really fun to play. Like it is one of the most fun games I've played in in years. Uh, I played through the game to its completion on the Xbox One, and I played it in in multiplayer the entire way through uh, with my brother and his wife, and playing through it with people laughing and cutting up and talking, not paying any attention to the story at all. It's two, it's two games. It's two completely different games one in multiplayer and by yourself playing it in you know, in multiplayer. The physics alone are so insanely fun. And the ragdoll, when you kill a zombie, when you kick them off a building, when you put an arrow through their leg, as they're crawling over a fence and they just roll down a hill, like it is a lot of fun. Um it's got a really good upgrade system and as you are upgrading your character like the upgrades matter, your speed, your agility, your melee moves, like the different uh types of combat that you're that you that you're allowed to experiment with, one of which being this huge drop kick. And there are all kinds of it's a po- post-apocalyptic Uh, It's a town. I don't think the entire world is infected with this virus at this point. But there's like metal barricades everywhere and there's spikes and there's just so much stuff uh, in the environment. And you can just run and full on drop kick a zombie and you can drop kick them off a bridge. You can drop kick them through a window off a building and you can power up this drop kick. So when you drop kick (laughs) them, their heads explode. And playing it with people, it just essentially just run, jump off a building and drop, kick a zombie. And then we laugh, you know, and there's the it's a it's a very melee focused game. I don't know if you ever played any of like the the Dead Island games, but it's it's Dead Island if it was good. <laughs> and it's just I don't know. And like I was saying before, it's got like some Far Cry elements to it, like. It's serious when it needs to be serious, and it's absurd, it kind of in the middle to to really lighten the tone. But I don't feel like those two things are at odds with each other. Like I think that that like it is a very competent first person uh, parkour, you know, what I'm saying mm. action game, but it is also a really fun open world game that gives like. You know, you play old moral game, and it's like, okay, I gotta go get this thing. I gave this person, and it's just fetch quests for the sake of fetch quests. With dying light, your fetch quests—they do things to lighten the mood, you know. And there's, there's just, there's just, they're just, they're fun. Whether it be the writing, whether it be the actual characters that you interact with, you know, or you know, again, again, I, I said this off the air too, but like. The fetch quests are essentially just a reason to go scavenge, so you can you can build new weapons, you can you know, get new upgrades and and things like that. And it all hinges on doing missions and um, surviving at night. Now you can sleep in your safe houses, uh, so you don't have to run around and do much at night. Uh, but at night, all of the, the the zombies, all the infected, are more powerful. And then you have these new mutated creatures called volatiles.
2: What a horrible night to have a curse. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) There you go. Got my Castlevania reference in.
0: (laughs) Ah, see. (laughs) Um, Because in
2: in Castlevania, in in Simon's Quest, which is like a very early Metroidvania.
0: mm, um, She said it.
2: There's a a day-night cycle. And when it's a horrible night to have a curse, you know, when it's nighttime, all of the Mm -hmm. enemies are stronger.
0: Well, that's exactly what happens in this one. And, um, And you get double the XP, double the points. Um, it's, it's, it's fun to be out at night, but it is super intense. And the sound design is one of the strongest points of the game, even, and I would even go as far to say the soundtrack itself is one of the best soundtracks. And, and I remember hearing it as I played through the game before, but again, playing with people and laughing and cutting up and doing absurd stunts and crazy things while you're playing the game. It really does, you know, saying hinder those things. They don't really get to set in. So as I'm going through the game on PlayStation now, uh with full intentions on going for the platinum, the soundtrack is so good. Like I f- really hate the fact that I didn't give it some props when we talked music um a few months back on the show because this soundtrack is it is is so fun and it just it's got 80s zombie movie horror and it's also got some Heavy rock riffs for when things get a little more intense, and yeah, it's just it's really good. I, I I really think this is a fantastic game, one of the best games I've played in years. And it's it really says something when you play something a second time, and it's essentially different. It's a different game. It's still as fun to play by myself. It's a little more tense, you know. There's there's rather than have two other characters run around doing crazy stuff, jumping off buildings and, and cutting zombies in half in slow motion. Now, when I'm out at night, I'm alone and I can die. And it, it doesn't matter how leveled up you are, how many weapons you have, how many med kits you have. Like once these creatures get on you, you're dead. Uh, And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really good. I highly recommend it. And this one has, in my opinion, stood the test of time coming out earlier in the generation and yet still being a game that I continue to go back to.
1: That's interesting. I really do enjoy games that offer that that risk reward if you like the day night cycle so uh, it's been some time since i played oh, yeah. it but as you said going out at night you know there's it, it is more risky as well isn't it the rewards are greater as you said but the the risks are higher so you can you can make a decision how much to take what i was going to ask because i don't remember but you can refresh my memory is if you die like if you get caught out at night and don't make it back how does that system work do you just respawn or do you lose things or what's what's the mechanic there
0: You do respawn at a safe house, but you do lose all of the skill points that you accumulated since your last, I'd say, save point or day-night cycle. And the more that you, uh, the more that you do, you know, the more those those points, you know, I'm saying, add up, especially at nighttime. So if you die at night, whereas if you die during the day, you might lose three or four hundred, you know, survivor points. Mm -hmm. If you died during a night, it's, it's, it could be a thousand, you know, it could be an entire level of, on your skill tree. It's, you know, it, it it's worth it to be, to, to brave the night, but it, when you die, you're dead <laughs> and it kind of sucks. And you also lose your resources too. So like, if you, if you're fighting tooth and nail to stay alive, you know, and you burn through your med kits and then you die, you lost your points and you're also out of med kits. So then you have to go and scavenge and try to find resources to make your medkits so that you can try to go back out at night again. So uh, it's 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 very interesting. And the game has changed so much. Like they're still supporting this game. They still do events. Like they did a Left 4 Dead event just a few weeks ago, where they had the the characters and the weapons and the enemies from Left 4 Dead 2. There's uh there's little callouts to Mario and uh, Plants vs Zombies and random things like that in the game there's there's just there's like a point where you get like drugged and you're hallucinating and you have like a pipe system you have to go through that's uh very similar to like a Mario style level there's also like a little pinball esque machine but it's like a plants versus zombies setup or whatever it, it it's it's just it's really good but if you any if, if you just kind of mainline the story you'll never experience any of the absurd stuff and that's what's so great about it. If you mainline the game, don't do the side quest, don't go exploring too, you know, more than you have to, you're going to play a Far Cry style game, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just, it takes itself serious. And then as you kind of go through the different layers of what it offers, then that's where the, really, in my opinion, where the charm is at. That's
1: excellent. Yeah. And I know there is a sequel listeners, uh, Dying Light Two. Is, uh, is that next year? I know that is uh, yeah. uh it's just around the corner. So something. And as, as Daryl says, that game, I know it launched that game was was uh very glitchy and buggy uh in certain situations. I think there were doors if you went in would just crash the game out completely. But i my understanding yeah. that is well and truly all fixed. And there is a ton of DLC uh, in that game as well. So plenty oh, yeah. plenty to keep you keep you busy. That's good. Is there any other games you wanted to throw out today?
0: Uh, no, those are the main ones. I mean, I, I, uh, I guess when we talk spam,
1: I can talk about, you know, the, some of the spam. <laughs> I, can, I can see something there, yes. <laughs> we'll save them for the spam. Mindy, what have you been up to this week?
2: Uh, Really nothing. I've played one game this week. No, well, that's a lie. I've played a little bit of Oberden because I'm writing a walkthrough, but that's not like officially on my profile yet, so mm-hmm. I'll save that for when I've actually, you know, flattened it and then I'll talk about it. But mostly I've just been playing Lego Movie 2.
1: That's quite appropriate, considering we talked about Lego last week.
2: Yeah, well, like I said, I think I said in the episode, I had put in like the day before we recorded the podcast, I had put in a request at my local library to check out the game. And it took a couple of days to get to the branch closest to me, but I picked it up and I've got it free for two weeks.
1: So tell us, Lego Movie 2, what do you think so far?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, they they switched it up, which is in and of itself is not bad. But my understanding is that the, the way this game plays is like what Lego Worlds is. Oh. And so I feel like because Lego Movie has an actual story, this might not have been the best move that maybe they should have stuck with the, you know, mm. go to and, pl- and play through various scenes from the movie instead of just this open world kind of nonsense then every once in a while you get something that maybe relates to the movie i don't hate it i just i you know i play these parts and i'm like oh i remember this part from the movie i kind of wish i was doing this but at the same time it's an, it's an easier trophy list so this will take a lot less time i think
1: well that's cool okay is it basically just a collect a thought
2: not even that really because although there's a trophy for 100 in the game all that really means is you have to get all 400 something purple bricks. You get a ton of purple bricks just for you know playing the game. The rest of them are just out and open on the on the various hub worlds which are actually pretty small. There's I think 12 different worlds you visit which are all pretty small. And um that's it. That that counts as 100% of the game. You don't have to get all of the you don't have to unlock all the characters, you don't have to unlock all the items, you don't have to un, you know none of that. It's literally just these purple bricks. And they're called Masterpieces, and and half of the trophies on the list are just for getting mm. all of the Masterpiece blocks anyway.
1: Doesn't, it doesn't sound like you're sold.
2: <laughs> I, I just, I you know, it's it's not bad that they tried something different. I just, I kind of wish it was not this. I, I, I wish it was more like, if they were trying something different, I wish they'd tried something more like that Marvel Vita game where it was just little challenge levels or something.
0: I was just about to ask you if you had a preference
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I, I wanted to segue into that one. Uh, that's awesome that you brought it up because like I really enjoyed I've actually I actually platinum that one. The um, the Marvel one on the Vita, the superheroes. I like the the just the the chapters, you know, what I'm saying just like you play through the level, you, you beat it, you, you go back through it a second time and you play it with the other the other characters that you have to have to, to unlock everything. I thought that that was a, a really good way to do it. I'm not a huge fan of the open world mm-hmm. aspects of the uh, the Lego games. I've played almost all of them personally. And Lego movie, the first one was the, in my opinion, one of the slowest, hardest ones to play through.
2: You must not have played some of the later Marvel games then. <laughs> they got seriously bloated.
0: Yeah, I've got uh, Lego Avengers. And I've kind of like dabbled with it on the Vita. And then I've got uh, Lego superheroes 2, but tricky uh, from trophy horse said that one had like a lot of bugs and um, the trophy list was really, really jacked. Like it was one of the worst trophy lists. Um, So I haven't really messed with that one too much.
1: See now, Mindy, you, you played all these games. You you can correct my timeline here, but it, it's the same studio. They almost have two styles of game running at the same time because the Lego Incredibles, that was a, that's in the same year, isn't it? Or roughly. And that's a, a level-based system, isn't it? That's not an open world game.
2: Well, the open world is kind of a misnomer there. What, what most of them have is like a, a big hub world. And then you, you go to various points in the hub world and that, you know, that spawns the levels that you play through. And the majority of the games have some sort of very, at least the console games, have some sort of variation of that whether it's like the the Star Wars games tend to have different planets that you go to and each of the planets have their own little smaller hub world or you have something like Lego City Undercover which is just a massive mm. hub world with you know little and the Marvel games tended to be like that where it was a massive hub world some of the later ones you had like planets you went to but it was still a massive uh centralized hub world
0: I think Ninjago is a little more level based as well mm.
1: Mm. Yes, that was, I quite enjoyed that one. Uh, the one on the Vita in particular uh, was fantastic. But Yeah,
0: yeah, I've, I've dabbled with that one, and I have the the PS4 version as well. Um, typically when I play those, I play those on my kid's profile, like we'll play together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've got enough uh, unfinished trash on my profile. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and again,
1: I try to spread the wealth. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like they are not trash. No, not at all. But I, I, I take Daryl's point. My my
0: completion on these Lego games is what's the tool, what's trash.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. They're they they, they they're very easy to get that first trophy, aren't they? But to get them all, that takes some serious time commitment in a lot of these games. <laughs> yeah, they're like,
0: we'll show those trophy nerds. and <laughs> We'll give them two or three to start, and then make you play for 20 hours to get the rest of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have not seen this Lego movie to the movie, Mindy. Is the same song in it or did they did they get a new song?
2: They did a um oh gosh, I only you know, I only saw it once when it was in theaters. I think what they did was they did a a cut co- like a new recording of the first movie song.
1: Ah, oh, fantastic.
2: For the credits. But then they also did uh the the, the villain had her own little song that was catching its own, right? Okay. uh like midway through the movie
0: yeah which one had batman hey batman has a song in this one and he has a song in the lego batman movie too uh, one of them he's like uh he's a, a ben affleck level hot and oprah winfrey level rich
2: i can't remember the one in, the one in the lego movie was pretty great because he's like i'm 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 serious and it's like it's this kind of goth rock song he's like Dead oh, yeah. parents, but I have money. Doesn't matter. Oh
0: my gosh, my four-year-old sings that song, and it is so funny. <laughs> oh, I love I'm that. super rich. <laughs> no parents.
1: It's really well. well he's eyeing you off They're in the corner. Really yeah, <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it. That's good, Mindy. Do you want? Do you want to throw out any more on that, or or should we move on? I,
2: you know, I I might throw out a bit when I finished it. Um, I haven't finished it yet.
1: That sounds good. Okay. We will, we will move on listeners. So what can I drop on you? I'm going to just drop really briefly because I haven't got many trophies in it, but i spent a few hours in it and it's and it's lovely and it's beautiful. And I think it probably interests both of you two to some degree, uh, is the Cat Quest 2. So this is a, you know, it plays exactly the same um, as the first one, I suppose. Uh, if you're familiar with it, you know, a top-down um, dungeon crawler, I suppose. It's very cute. Uh, you 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 can, uh, well, you can you can play at local co-op if you want, but just switching between characters solo play, if you like. And it's just, it's, It's lovely. I don't know. Have have either of you played the first Cat Quest? I have not. No, it's on my short list.
0: I think I have it. I think I own it. I think I might have bought it for my daughter. I don't, but I don't, I've never played it.
1: It's just one of those games that's really good to like almost just play while you're listening to a podcast or just listening to music or something because all the all the you know, there's, it's not spoken so all the text comes up you can read it or whatever as you're playing and it's not there's not a lot anyway and it's just you know simple hack and slash me- mechanics or, or whatever else so it, it's just a fun a fun distraction game but it, it is it is really beautiful so look if you haven't played the first one and to be honest with you i never finished the first ones i don't think it matters at all jumping into this one and from what i can tell the systems are a Bit more developed in this one, so if you if you don't really care, I would probably just start. I would probably just start with this one. So you know, I throw that out there. Now let's turn our attention to one of the two big games to come out. Well, you know, I think one of the two big games to come out.
2: Actually, before you do that, can I do a a short game that you've done several times? Actually, Uh, tell us about football game. Yeah,
1: okay. So football game is the rata spam of this week. Uh if you like. And look, it is it's short. I think I think uh it's under it's under an hour. Uh that's for sure. It, there are I'm just I'm just thinking back to the game. There are a couple of missable trophies, I suppose. So you would you would need a guide uh if you wanted to clean them up. It's very easy. I mean, it's a lot less involved than my big sister, or uh, what was the other one? The just ignore them. That was the other one, wasn't it? So, what, once you've played it with a guide, once you'll easily remember if you if you choose to, to to stack it, uh, you know, either on the Vita or on um or on other region stores. Look, it is it is fine. I don't. Uh, what what is he? He's a drinking, a drinking loser uh you know uh, high school or college i think high school student uh who is still pining over his his girlfriend or whatever they actually i don't want to go into the ending uh cuz it would spoil it but it is it is a somewhat sinister ending i think i think if if i got the ending correct i think it is sinister uh, you know, otherwise it's.
2: Well, didn't it say it was like, it was like Lynchian and inspired by eighties horror. So that would be appropriate.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's one of those endings where you're not sure if it doesn't show you what happened at the, I can't elaborate more. Otherwise I'd give it away, but one thing might've happened or maybe it didn't happen. And he's just living. He's just stuck in the past sort of thing. So without, without going into it, is, is it worth reading? I think it is. I thought it was fine. I mean, as I said, it's only going to take you an hour anyway, and there's not a lot of, a lot of text or, or whatever else the puzzle mechanics are, are incredibly simple or whatever so i think it is one, one of the funniest things is early on in the game uh like literally at the very start or whatever you you come out of your bedroom and and the mother's there um, washing up or something and you, you make her a cup of tea uh for the trophies obviously uh make her a cup of tea or whatever and then she goes to sit down at the table to take a rest and then she's there for that whole first section of the game which is probably only like five or six minutes or whatever but you're going back and forward and she's sort of hunched over and you know the way it's pixelated she just looks like this i don't know like ag or something at the table which is perhaps the scariest thing in the whole game i'm not sure but you know it's just unfortunate the the way that it's been uh been pixelated there or whatever i I found it amusing but yeah look it's fine you know the the people that stack it will enjoy it because it's quick and you know the people that don't will will probably find merit but i don't think it's one of the better the better ones compared to big sister maybe slightly better than just ignore them for me personally but subjective of, of course listeners so with that being said let's go over to need for speed heat just very quickly i think i'm the only person here on the panel today that has any interest in this game so i won't bore you two i'll just talk it. well you
2: don't lo- you don't only have interest you've got uh, proper stakes in it don't you how so that bet of yours right
1: well, yes. Okay. Yes. yeah. sorry. You're right. I, I do. And unfortunately, I had a feeling like it was going to come in at 79. It needed to come in at 80 or higher. Listeners, I believe it's coming at 74 at this point on Metacritic. So we had a little, you know, for those of you who, who missed last week, I we had a little bit with the Scottish nub. Another name for noob, apparently. Uh, thank you, so for educating me. And uh, his game, and Death Stranding, had to come between 90 and 100, which is never going to happen, obviously. Uh, definitely not at this point. I think it's sitting at a very respectable 84 uh, with most of the reviews in so he he will definitely be playing Final Fantasy 12 but I you know the reviews for some reason were late for Need for Speed um, a day late after release even so but they have come out it's sitting in a 74 IGN they did receive a good check this time. I see they gave it an eight out of ten, <laughs> so at least somebody gave it an 80 percent. So, but that's good, you know. And uh, look, they're very interesting review. He's fantastic. The uh, Tristan um, who writes Australian, I believe, writes the reviews for uh, the Need for Speed, most of the racing games for IGN. So, look, this game. I know there has not been a lot of a lot of joy for many people in in the Need for Speed from Need for Speed 2015 with the awful. Awful windy FMV cutscenes. I don't know if you ever saw any of these, but uh, that was so I, bad. Did you play it, Daryl? Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I love Need for Speed. I, oh, do I'm, you? I didn't realize. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. No, I just, I didn't finish that one because it was so freaking cringy.
1: Yes. Dread, dreadful. And then, of course, they go to the, the, the year after the payback. I don't know if you played that. The open world, you know, they got rid of the FMV cutscenes back to animation.
0: I think, um, as far as the PS4 releases, there's Need for Speed, uh, the FMV one, and then there's like, um, isn't there like a Rivals or something like that? Like Need for Speed Rivals. Uh, I think that was
1: earlier. Yes, yeah.
0: Maybe I, I've got I've got two Need for Speed mm. games on PS4. One of which, I, one of them I haven't even opened. I don't think.
1: Hmm, yeah, well, the, the previous year's iteration was the Need for Speed payback, and that had a lot of controversy because of the, the microtransactions, EA and surprise mechanics. All right, and now, you know, whatever your opinion is, ironically, they were surprise mechanics because if you played it, listeners, you would know you actually, you don't, you don't get more gambling than this. You'd go into the garage and it was a slot machine and you would actually spin the wheel to see what parts you would get. So, and you had to, the, the problem, the issue, issue with it, with that was not getting the part it was getting the color because if you could get the right colors obviously they they give you a, a you know a buff or a bonus so people did not like that system because you know it, it took you could use in-game money you, you could you could buy spins as well but you you earned spins and you you took in-game money but you know i suppose it added a level of rng in fact later on down the track they patched that and i think you automatically started at level 15 with the machine there was something like this so if you if you platted it early on, you did have to spend a fair bit of time with that machine. But later on, they basically almost you know almost took it out. So that's gone now. That there are no microtransactions at this stage. There is some sort of weird seven dollar you know, a uh, seven Australian dollar uh, buff, if you like, or boost to give you the deluxe edition, but that gives you cars and a 5%, uh, I think hit on your rep and, and, uh, and money, which is, is a relevant 5%. The game is very liberal in both of those things, but you know, for the cars or whatever, potentially interesting, but look that aside, I really enjoyed Payback, so I'm, you know, you have to take what I say. This game with a grain of salt. These are games that I, I love to play, and the racing genre as well, and racing genre with the story. So the story is cringeworthy, I think, to a degree, <laughs> but it's it's but it but it's you know, Daryl, it's fun cringe. It's not like the FMV, like what the you know that, yeah, oh, that too much. So this is yeah, this is Street Rat you know, street rat racer okay. cringe, which I like, you know, in the hood sort of thing. Okay. And and I like it. And what's cool is that they've opened it up. So it's not just, there is, you know, a, a main story, but there are also these driving stories with different characters that you can follow through as well, that have various missions and cutscenes. So, so you're getting a bit of diversity. I like that they don't bring all the events uh, straight away. You, I owned the drift last night, and that was probably after about four hours or five hours of playing different things. So drift events, so. They, they sort of slowly unwind things as you do the story. It also works on a day-night cycle, much better than the games in the the past have. In that, during the day cycle, if you choose to race during the day, you can earn money, but you can't earn rep. If you race at night, you can earn some money, but a much lower rate. But you can earn rep. And so you've got sort of, if you like two systems at play, you need the money to upgrade your car or buy cars, but then you need the rep to unlock the parts, to unlock the story events, um, and to unlock better cars as well. So you've got to do a bit a mix of both. At During the day, there are, the cops don't involve you, you know, you're, you're fine. But at night, you get a heat factor. So you'll do a race, it'll probably trigger a, a cop. You can take the risk and do another race, you know, and they will come into the race with you. So they'll be taking you out and whatever. If they do catch you, the penalty it really depends on how much money you have. So if you didn't have much money before you started that event, it's probably worth taking a big risk. But if you had a lot of money, they do take a good percentage and not just the money that you've earned on that night, the total money in your bankroll. So it's a very good risk reward of whether you want to keep racing or whether you want to seamlessly fast travel into the the garage and start the next day. If you like. So I think that, I think that mechanic is good. And I think for people that didn't like the previous one, that, that may alleviate some of their problems. I think having said that, if you've played Forza, these games, as you know, with Payback, we're moving so close to Forza Horizon, it's not funny. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, the legal team may be very interested in this game as well, I feel. They've, they've ripped off everything like they did last time with the activities, but in a good way. They've also created a bit of a festival atmosphere with the, the sideboards and the flags and things. So it's, it does have a Forza-ish feel. Still doesn't look as good as Forza, Sony. <clears throat> Pro. Yeah, good on you. But you know that 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 is that is what it is. One of the detractions, and I think it's the final step. Maybe the lawyers told them they couldn't go this far, but they don't have a like a combo meter, if you'd like. So when you're driving, you can't build up, you know, points or rep or money through doing, you know, drifts and things outside of an event, which obviously in Forza is a huge part of the game. But with that exception, I think this this game is is as close as you're going to get to a Forza experience on the console. And if you're, you know, only if you're PlayStation locked, this this is a good option. So, you know, as I said, treat it with a grain of salt. If you don't like racing games, you're not going to like it. But it, it is arcadey. It's, you know, it has three difficulty levels, so it can be very easy. You can play offline if you want. If you're going to go for trophies, you'll have to play a little bit online. The money is a lot better online. So it is perhaps worth playing online, but but you don't have to for the experience. So, look, I I think I've sold that game. I've sold that game quite quite well. Well, you know, I hope so. I picked it up. Let's save the other game till later. Perhaps, perhaps we'll never talk about it. And 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 shall we go into into some new releases for this week?
2: Well, I actually see. I actually see you picked up Black Sad. Did you pay, Did you play much of that?
1: I did. Now the funny thing is, I played like an hour of it, and I thought it was fine. But then I was told that the game is broken. Uh, and apparently this is true, they're going to patch it. Up. Apparently the rumor was released too early or something, I'm not, or earlier than they expected. So, so the, you know, it, it will be fixed or whatever. And, and looking through, I can see like a good portion of the trophy list is at 0%. So maybe that, that is part of the glitching or, or whatever else. But the, the amount that I played ran fine, but maybe I hadn't run into that yet. And it's good. Yeah, Mindy, this is a game that you would like, I, I'm sure. Uh, of it. it it plays i mean it's it's very much like a, a qte style game with a little bit of walking like all the the dialogue choices this
2: is the the one with the noir cat detective right
1: yeah yeah and it's good i mean look you know it's, it's i don't know if it's a low it is a lower budget uh, or lower released uh price game if you like and i mean and again i don't know if the patching will will change this but the 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 central characters are animated well but the backgrounds are very rough or whatever but it, it's that's also within the style i think so yeah i don't know i'm definitely going to go back to it i think i'll just wait till till that it fixes itself <laughs> is that what happens <laughs> they just fix themselves i'm told but yeah is there anything else mindy or have i have i passed judgment
2: uh what about jumanji
1: <laughs> well that that uh that is an interesting one so this is a this is i blame zador friend of the show for this Sir, so, this is your fault <laughs> So look, I was interested in this game I will preface this, listeners, with a warning Do not buy this game yet Because the online mode is not in the game For some reason It's coming in November So I don't it's know It's
2: required for the Platinum
1: Well, definitely required for the Platinum But I think also required to have fun <laughs> Because I think <laughs> it would be a lot more fun playing, <laughs> playing with other people in this game Than playing by yourself The game, the game only consists of four levels So that's a consideration uh, as well so without the online, it, it, it's not, um, I would definitely wait. Like it's definitely coming at some point, but it's just not there yet. So, uh, so until that point and uh, yes. It, I mean,
2: so was, so were like, you know, blues and bullets episodes two and three.
1: Well, that's true. I mean,
0: you No, know,
2: I don't, I don't believe, well, it's going to come unless it actually, you know, is there.
1: Did that ever come out?
2: Nope. Never going to happen. Wow.
1: <laughs> don't tell Zaydor that he'd be devastated to think that he can't get this plat. I'm sure that's.
2: But- no, I think like literally, I think the studio doesn't even exist anymore.
1: Oh yes, for the the Blues and Bullets, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I think I think there's some faith. The, the, this game is funny because it released in the US on the fifteenth, but I see it doesn't release in a lot of Europe. It Doesn't release in Australia to December, so so perhaps it was never planned that the the online would come at the same time as the the American release. I'm not sure. But
2: are you telling me that everywhere but the states they required you to to wait until the entire game was there? Yes. I'm shocked. <laughs>
1: Oh, we could go somewhere with that, couldn't we? But you know, <laughs> the state's a work in progress. <laughs> I like it. So, so, but yeah, look, it's fine. But yeah, I can't, I can't, um, I can't endorse that game uh, until the online components come. But you know, what, what is there is is fun. Yeah, is, is that? I think that's everything, Mindy. I think you've, uh, I think you've scoured the list and, uh, and come up strong.
2: I have. Good,
1: good, excellent. We passed muster for this week. Listeners. Yep. The platinum vultures can can relax, can retire. So, uh, why don't we start with you, Daryl? Partly because I, I've had enough of my own voice. <laughs> I feel at this point I really I really went off on a tail on Need for Speed, didn't I, listeners? Oh well, new releases, Daryl. You have a couple. Do you want to do you want to throw one out to to start us off?
0: Yeah. So as I was looking through the drop, um, this uh, fractured minds uh, stuck out to me, and here is the phrase that sold me. Uh it says fractured minds is an immersive artistic short game. <laughs> <laughs> done. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> it says explores anxiety. Do you, know how short this- Go ahead. Do
1: you know how short this game is? Uh it doesn't say, but <laughs> it just uh, It can it- be done in under ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes, really. Yeah. I was just saying
2: if it actually markets itself as a short game, you're oh. talking
1: they got me. Minutes. I'll buy it day
0: one. It <laughs> says it's, uh, it explores mental health issues and things like that. So I'm like, hey, I'll try it. Uh, and then <laughs> when it says it's a short game in the description, like that's what I need. More short games.
1: This is a perfect game for you though. So, what happened, listeners, for for those of you that know, this game actually released like 6 or 7 months ago, and it released early. It was never supposed to release, and Sony picked up on it uh, a day after a day or two after release, so it was taken off the store. So, if you if you owned it, you you would still have it and the option to download it, but it was never intended to release at that time, even though it was completed.
2: Oh wait, so, I think I have played this. Mm,
1: it's quite good.
2: This is the one with the yes i have played this i did it in 20 minutes yes yeah it's good it's the one with the oh i do remember this
1: yeah awesome see (laughs) that sounds like a winner to me you're gonna like (laughs) it daryl because it has it's a little bit off the wall control i mean it's not i was thinking of control actually but it's you know it's not a shooter game but it it, it's yeah it's got those weird environments i think you'll like it yeah
0: very cool i kind of want to put a plug in real quick i know it's completely out of the order of the show but it just made me think of it i started playing this game called Past Cure. It's absurd. It's very weird.
2: I have that on disc. Is it still gl- did the patch still glitch it?
0: I mean, it's working fine for me. I, I I got it on disc as well.
2: It's it's one of those games where if you, if you play it unpatched, there's a couple of tro- like there's a trophy that's glitched, but if you patch it, it glitches some of the other trophies. But the one that that was glitched unpatched will unlock. So it's one of those things where you need to unlock the stuff. I'm confusing myself. Unlock the stuff that that is glitched by the patch and then install the patch so you can unlock the thing that's glitched when the game is not patched.
1: Well, that sounds that's like a lot, lot of work. work. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, just don't worry no. about those trophies, Daryl. It doesn't matter. It doesn't,
2: and yeah. it's only 100%, which I think is why most people haven't done it.
1: There you go. But um,
0: I don't know, for whatever reason, this, uh, this graphic, just for Fractured Minds, reminded me of that. So I wanted to point out. Mm. The next one I wanted to point out um, is Kittened. Uh, and it's a, a picture of a bunch of cats crawling over the title of the game. And my daughter is a, just a huge cat fan. Um, she has a couple cats. I am, uh, allergic to them. So I, I, Could care less about them, but
2: are you actually? Because my mother told me that for years, and I was like 20 when she finally admitted that she was lying and she just didn't want
0: cats. (laughs) No, so like I've been trying to work into it. Um, yeah, I am allergic to them, I get really stuffed up, and then I get like my eyes felt they start to swell a little bit and they get really irritated. It feels like I have glass in them, it's pretty, it's pretty terrible. But I've got two cats here that live in my garage, and I've got uh, one that that um uh, we have an office cat so every now and again i'll catch it sleeping in my office so i'm constantly exposed to them so i think eventually i'm just going to kind of get over this whole uh allergic thing like one day i'm just going to be cured just by being or
2: you'll or- die
0: yeah well then there's always that so <laughs>
2: <laughs> so this is actually kitten was my big entry for spam of the week because if you look at the trophy list like a quarter of the trophy list is just scooping cat <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a quarter of having a cat.
2: Yeah, basically.
0: Heck yeah! So that, that's I'll be getting those trophies.
2: You gonna stack it? There's two lists.
0: Ugh, you know, I, I, I the closest I get to stacking are, um, are console stacks. So it'd be, uh, if it's got a PS3, a PS Vita, and a PS4. That's that's as, about as far as I go with stacks.
1: Can I just ask what was this game called again? Sorry. Kittened.
2: K i t z e n apostrophe d yeah. kittened. <laughs>
1: This so look. We're going to deviate here slightly. Are you familiar with the term doggin' uh, or dogging, Daryl? I'm sure Mindy won't won't know about this. It's a, a UK thing. I was it was in a show I watched recently, like a detective show? Uh, have you come across this before? not
2: that I do? I do know what it means. Say, isn't
1: that like nasty? It's it's a sex thing.
0: Yeah, I was about to yeah. say yeah and yeah so
1: it's, it's where it's a uk thing so it's where two people you know uh, you know have sex or whatever in a car so other people can watch them so it's a voyeur type thing or whatever This dogging but when you, you said the name you're kidding, you're kidding. I'm just i'm thinking of the same thing but now with cats so it's just <laughs> so anyway that's we do it. Anyway, so you do it outside of the car <laughs> that's, that's right that's right i like it i like it good okay mindy uh what would you like to throw at us
2: um i'm gonna throw out two games that i want to play that i can't because they're both on vr yes because you know screw my life (laughs) uh first one is doctor who the edge of time which has two stacks but no platinum which is disappointing Uh. a new mysterious enemy threatens to tear apart the universe and only you can stop them doctor who the edge of time and lets players embark on an adventure through space and time Travel the universe, visit alien locations, pilot the TARDIS, and solve the mystery of the controlling force behind the reality virus. Please notice that, you know, reality virus is capitalized and it's VR, you know, we swapped around. I wonder if they're going to bring that in there or if it's just a coincidence and I'm reading too much into it.
1: Just, I didn't realize this is going to be a VR-only game, is it? Or is it both?
2: No, it's VR-only. I looked, uh, I, I've okay. answered my own question. I I, I did wonder previously how... The drop handled VR exclusive games and they don't, they mm. don't, they don't, uh, there's no consistency on whether they label them VR required because they, and the drop, yes. it just says PS4 digital. I was like, Ooh, maybe I don't have to have a VR. And then I, I looked mm. and I looked at specifically the steam page for the game because it also just released on steam. And there's a, you know, there's a thing on steam that says you are required to own a, a VR device for this game. So it's like, wow, way to go, the drop. Like, you really should put in here that these are. Mm. The other one's a little better. This other one, Last Labyrinth. Escape a merciless mansion alongside a girl words cannot reach in an escape the room adventure game that can only be experienced in VR. At least that one is saying you must have a VR for this. Yeah, I'm all about room escapes, so I really would have liked to have played this.
1: This is a genre that's increasing, though, this room escape, because there was... A recent one now. The name has eluded me. I know it was on the Asian stores for some time, but I know it is. It is in the West now as well. I don't believe it's a VR room escape game. I know it's only a hundred percent. Yeah, it game. was.
2: We we uh, talked about it a bit uh, on the episode that I yes. was on because then I brought up Tower That's of right. Beatrice.
1: Mm, mm. The name eludes it's me, a, but you know, it, it, yeah, there I can't we remember go. what it is either. They're becoming they're becoming popular. Mm, perfect. And look, listeners, I'm going to throw out Bee Simulator because I was thinking about it. I've played a lot of games, but I have never been a bee. Have either of you played a, as a bee before?
2: No, but it it gives me it gives me flashbacks to SimAnt, so I'm probably going to play this one.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And also, it has some punny trophy names, so that is my weakness.
1: It does, yeah, yeah. And I had I have watched a video. It looks. Yeah, it looks like it would be one of these games that I I know it includes co-op, but it would be more fun in co-op. Although I noticed that if you play four-player co-op, it looks really crazy the way the screen screen splits. There's a lot going on. So maybe maybe two player uh split screen would be good. I don't know if it has online co-op as well. It doesn't say in the in the thing. You know, possibly hopefully. Hopefully it will do. But that looks that looks interesting. We'll throw that out. And then, you know, just because uh you know we should, because it's another big game, I suppose we've got the Star Wars uh the Jedi uh, Fallen Order game coming out so you know if that interests you you know go for it i believe it's all single player game i hope i'm not putting i my wonder if it's another game
2: that you can uh you can cheat with cheat codes and stuff <laughs> yes yes
1: yeah, like that old one yeah i don't know but look that'll be interesting i'm sure there's a there's a ton of people anticipating that so unless there's any other new releases there i think we'll we'll move on i get the feeling Mindy and Daryl, that we're now at the point, perhaps after this Star Wars game, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, please. There isn't really, is is there anything else big coming out this year that you're really, you're looking for? Or or have we now sort of reached reached critical mass? Is this it? I think
0: that's it uh, that I know of. Star Wars is kind of bringing up the rear. Every now and again, Mm. you'll get like a a just cause or something like that coming out, you know, right there uh, around in the December months. I think uh, everything coming out at this point is a uh, is a Nintendo joint. I think they've got the um, they've got like a like some Pokemon games coming still. I think that's like the next big thing. But as far as PlayStation is concerned, mm-hmm. I think that we're uh, I think we're
1: done for the for the season. You can hear the collective cry of wallets around the world finally breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> it's it's over. Well,
2: because there's no there's no Assassin's Creed game this year, right? No,
1: no, correct.
2: Because I would have bought that. Beyond Good and Evil 2 has been pushed back to probably never. Mm. <laughs> uh, Last of Us 2 got pushed back. Final Fantasy Seven Remake is never going to come out, but it's supposed to come out in like March.
1: Ghost Break- Breakpoint got released, but has been pushed back because there was no game. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things like this happening. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a game by a studio called Invader Studios
0: called Daymare 1998. It is a very Resident Evil-inspired game. It just released on Steam. And they they said that the console release was coming this year. They still haven't. They still haven't given a release date. That would be, for me at least, the most. That, that's that's probably my most anticipated game currently, um, still to come out this year. But it, it might it might get pushed to next year since they just released the Steam version first.
2: I'll tell you, you know there is you know I lie. There is something I'm looking forward to. Because Life is Strange 2 episode five is supposed to come out in the beginning of December, which means I can finally play it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that should hit hit the release date. All the other episodes have, so I would assume mm-hmm. that will. Yeah, yeah. Th- I forgot about that. That's a fan- that'll be a fantastic ending uh, to that game. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking, as yes, I said that, I bet there's like there's listeners there that are just yelling certain games out that we've forgotten about. But I, I think the triple A <laughs> wagon perhaps is coming to an end uh, overall overall the big triple big i think
2: i think you're right
1: yeah
2: i think you're right yeah and which is weird because it it seems early
1: it does doesn't for it for the
2: the like the holiday gloat of games to be to all be out already and it's mostly because like there's no there's no far cry this year there's no uh assassin's creed this year I, is there even a battlefield this year did that just come out really early and i've forgotten already
1: uh there's no battlefield this year no this yeah like, like off, a whole bunch of here.
2: those annual games yeah. are just not coming out this year
1: yeah, yeah, I th- I think there are there are two year cycle that one. But yeah. No, you you're right. Yeah, it has a lot of things have been pushed back as well, I think. So, you know, the opening of the year is becoming more of a, you know, possibility to to launch games now in that sort of uh February April uh region as well. So, yeah. That's a good I look, I'm not complaining. There is there is more than enough, I think. So, look, why don't we move to, you know, a topic of sorts, listeners? I don't think it's a topic at all really. Not even sure how you would describe this. So we're going to treat this very, very respectfully because I I have gained a reputation as perhaps someone who likes to shit on games that many, many of the Sony sheep enjoy. I'm thinking, Daryl, here of The Fantastic Horizon, an amazing game, I'm told, yes?
0: There's a a parallel with where you're going with this too. I Uh, I know. 70 (laughs) people from that team worked on... Uh, <laughs> I <this> other game <laughs> so that yeah. tells me you're gonna love it <laughs>
1: well well look there's many many things to question here I, you know love is one of them i feel but look no as i said it, it it's a very subjective game and we're gonna we're not gonna really deal with it because i'm the only one that, that's played it but we're gonna we're gonna deal with perhaps a, a broader question for this game so obviously listeners what we're referring to is the, the kojima the latest kojima master masterpiece uh death Stranding, which released the other day. So, one of the things that I find interesting, and I know that neither of you have played this game. I think Daryl, you're going to, you're anticipating it. Yep. One of the things that I've read, and I find this comment really interesting, and I know you haven't played it, so I know we're not talking to the game here. But, but people, and these are people that haven't played the game, but some people that have, and or they've played very little, and they're like, this game is something I've never seen before, or well, this is a totally new experience. I wanted to ask both you. And Mindy here and this is a general question across all games are you really looking for something you've never seen before a totally new experience or do you prefer having a basis that you're familiar with what what do you what position are you in in general Mindy god damn it I'm eating <laughs> got her hey, well, I'll jump
0: in for you so um So, I I play a lot of these indie games, you know, uh, because I'm always looking for something new and neat. You know, I pointed out that game off the drop just because it looks like something that could be different. I've been anticipating this game in particular uh, because I know it will be absurd and different. And honestly, I I went to go pick it up today. I didn't pre-order it. Um, I should have. I actually went to pre-order today and the GameStop I went to did not have a single copy of it. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, that's a good sign. So I mean, that, that is a good sign. Uh. But yes, yeah, so I went and uh, ended up picking up a bunch of stuff on the Switch. Um, instead. So I'm gonna have to uh, the next time I double back down there because I still like to get myself physical as much as possible. Yeah. But yeah. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it eventually. But yeah, I'm always looking for something neat. And then you know, hearing that something is completely new that I've never experienced it before, I'm a little skeptical. I'm like, yeah, sure. But from what I understand, this game is pretty it has a different take on on things that we might not necessarily consider gamey so uh i'm interested i'm very interested
1: and mindy are you looking for totally new experiences or are you happy to build on what we already have what what do you think
2: it's a case-by-case thing my my biggest thing is do i think i will enjoy this Regardless of if it's new, I mean, I I, I still enjoy the Lego games. The majority of them are the same thing, you know? The gameplay is not altered, or if it's altered, it's very, very much except for, you know, Lego Movie 2, which I was just talking about. But, you know, I still have fun with them, so that's fine. Then I'm trying to think of of some other series that switches it up more, and I still enjoy it, and I'm drawing a blank right now, but that's mostly because we decided on a topic, like, ten minutes before we started recording, (laughs)
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> which which i think is fair for this game because i don't think we can we don't want to talk about it too closely you know we don't want to spoil it obviously no of course so, not
2: but i yeah. think for people who are saying you know i've never seen this i, I i've seen this game jokingly referred to as uh fedex simulator because mostly because yes. you're a you're like a delivery guy i think i have to wonder if if a lot of the people are say well we've never seen anything like this if it's because these are people who just like the Kojima stuff, like the Metal Gear stuff, and it's different to Metal Gear, so maybe it, they're just like, well, we haven't seen this before, but maybe it's it's actually quite common. I don't know. I haven't played it. So this is all speculation on my part.
1: Yeah, no, of course. It, it's it's more to the greater thing, I think, of, of, of how much new do you want? Like how, how many returning systems do you like in your game? That, that was sort of sort of driving it, I think, listeners. So I'm just going to give a very brief account of of just... A couple of ideas and then we're gonna we're gonna go into this fantastic quote that, that we all are familiar with now and I think many, many of you are so I think this is not a game and I know I think this is an experience and I think this is a movie and I think once you've played it you'll 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 whether you agree with me or not you'll definitely see there are elements in there well,
2: Metal Gear Solid 4 have like a 45 minute cutscene something like that yes yeah yeah, so I'm not I'm not totally surprised if you're saying it's like a movie and that they're just these ridiculously long cutscenes.
1: Yeah, I think it's gone beyond that. I think the Del Toro influence on here—it's hard to say what his influence is because he he's just referred to as an additional oh, what are they not an additional character, but it, it, he's not given co credits in the, in the opening or, or things, which I think is interesting. And one thing that I don't understand, like I understand the the Kojima fanboy thing, but I don't understand why it's ever necessary for the creator to have their name appear ten times in the first thirty minutes of the game. <laughs> I, I'm well and truly aware of who made the game by this point, and the only thing I can think is maybe no one else wanted to put their name there, so so he he put his name there. I'm not sure, but that that was, and this is what I mean. I think there are probably ten minutes of gameplay in the first ninety minutes of the game, and and then there's not much after that either for a while. So so it's it's. definitely a different experience in that regard. Now I'm not going to talk about anything else because there's a lot of weird shit in there, you know, which you, I, you'll, you'll experience yourself and and make your own decisions. But I am going to talk about the mechanic, the general mechanic. And I don't think it spoils it because as Mindy said, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a um, FedEx simulator, if you like, whatever the main mechanic in this game, from what I've seen in in, at six hours, and I'm sure maybe it opens up. I hope it does because if this continues it, I, I don't get it. Um, the attraction is it's a balancing walking simulator so I think that is what people have never seen Mindy we do walking sims all the time you walk
2: balancing yeah go
1: with me here because this is a game that you definitely have to go with I can tell you so you play a walking sim you're not going to fall over you just walk around yeah that that's the the construct that we're used to in walking sims in this game because you're carrying things you can you can fall so you're, you're basically all the time balancing as you're walking or running as well with various controller movements. So I wanted to pose to you, have you played a walking sim? Wait,
2: so so what you're telling me is they took one of the worst types of QTEs and made a whole game out of it? Yes. Well, it doesn't.
1: Yes, it
2: doesn't play as a QTE. Because I'm getting, I'm getting flashbacks to Heavy Rain and we have to balance on these beams that never freaking worked. And they made a whole game out of that? Yes. What. Well,
1: Yes, it, it's not QTE though. It involves using the left and the right trigger, as you can imagine, to counter yourself left and and right, or whatever else. So, so that that's not spoiling it because you you realise that very early on. That's what the game is going to be. So so I agree. I've, I haven't never done that in a game. It, 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 the fatal flaw of the game is that you can actually push both at the same time and you cross your arms in front of yourself and then you have good balance. So, so it sort of, it negates itself to a degree, I suppose, if you just can't be bothered anymore. But but that aside, and we're not going to go into the story or anything else, listeners, because that that's for your experience, but that is the overall mechanic. And as Daryl said, the whole game seems to be based around that. So is that, That Now knowing that, is that something that interests you as something you've never seen before in a game? I mean, I'm
0: still interested. I listened to um, a couple of reviewers that I really enjoy um, podcast about it this week. And, you know, they've been very careful in the spoilers as well, which the thing I'm most intrigued about Mm. is the Kojima stuff that he's going to do, you know, like the walk-in sim and the balancing or whatever, like, you know... I don't, I'm not, that's not going to stop me from playing one of his games. I want to see where, when you turn him loose, you know, where are we going? Because that's, to me, that's the, that's the charm. That's the beauty of a, of technically everything Kojima does is the same and completely different. You know, it is, is the same in the sense that it is the most convoluted crap you've ever experienced, but it's completely different in the sense that no one else you know what I'm saying, can produce what Kojima can produce. And I'm very, very intrigued by it. But I'm also interested to see what this, uh, this, you know, he calls it a strand game. And, you know, essentially from what I understand, it's your, you know, it's walking simulator of the game or FedEx, you know, simulator of the game. But, you know, it sounds interesting and it sounds neat. It sounds like they took a very basic principle, you know, and things that we do in games and, and they really explored it to see how far you can take that.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair, and I, there is a lot of social interaction in this game, and online, you know, interconnectivity, if you like, um, asynchronous multiplayer. But which we're not going to go into at all. And I understand that that I mean that I think is the 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 crux of the newness in this game, and that's very interesting. So you know, in the future when we perhaps do a deep dive on this game, we'll definitely go into that because I think I think there's a lot of a lot of merit in there. I just I personally wonder if this may have been better as a film. <laughs> it's it's sort of is to me in the six hours i played almost the gameplay gets in the way for me but that again that is just my perspective i'm not a big fan of his games in the past i don't like stealth games so i would take that with a grain of salt you know i understand he's he's highly respected it is it is very different but you know we're not here for my opinion that's that's irrelevant i think in this this sort of scheme of thing but we are i want to ask you both and maybe we can talk about this a little this is a this is a quote, you know, an infamous. I think it'll become infamous over time.
2: Before actually, before you get to that, I have a mm. quick, just something, you know, I just randomly thought of. Do you think that because you think about Kojima's earlier work, and you think, you know, you think how they become they're becoming increasingly cinematic, and it kind of makes me wonder if 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 um, Kojima's starting to be like David Cage, and I know a lot of people are going to take offense to that, and I I don't mean it that way. But you look at like David Cage's body work and it seems more and more like he's just interested in making movies. And I'm starting to wonder, at least from what you're describing, if Kojima is kind of like that too. If you think maybe you should just give him a movie and see what he does.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's a really, I think outside of games, I actually, we had a, a fantastic intellectual discussion over a couple of wines the other day, listeners with a, a few friends, a few music friends. And one of them is a game and the others aren't, but we, we talked about this and the 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 big thing that I have a problem with is that the budget for this, for games is way higher than the budget for a movie these days. So and I understand there's, there's a need for that. There's a reason for that, you know, and also the return is potentially higher. But when you're dealing with this huge amount of money, maybe the expectation should be similar to, to film. Like, you know, a, a film that's uh, cutting, cutting, you know, a new line, if you like, it, it really has to resonate in some way with an audience or it's going to be a flop and a massive flop. Whereas in games, and I, and I think it is to a degree the horizon effect, although I think over time this game will Will, will suffer worse than horizon because i think it i don't think there's enough there for a lot of people I, I think once the bubble wears off i think the people that love it will but i think the people that don't won't be able to pretend they do or they they won't want to they, they'll be you know they'll, they'll avoid it or whatever and i i think that when you're dealing with this amount of money and this amount of people and, and admittedly not not much time because it was made you know relatively short perhaps the bar needs to be higher do you think i don't know
0: hmm. I mean, I think that um, I think that a guy like Kojima, if he, I, I agree, I think he does want to do movies. I think if you listen to David Cage talk, those guys, they want to do movies. But I, I think that at this point in their career, if they wanted to do a movie bad enough, they would just do a movie. I think that it's the blending of the two, the movies and the games, that that's what really gets those mm. guys up in the morning, you know? Like Kojima has not been like he said that when he first signed with PlayStation, he was like, I'm going to do movies. But, you know, Kojima's got a Kojima. He's got a he's got a movie, his games Uh, and every game he puts out gets more and more with the exception of Metal Gear Solid 5. I think Metal Gear Solid 5 took a step back and I think that was more so because of Konami. But I mean, his games he likes to put some lengthy mm. cutscenes in there and he he really gets very cinematic with it. So they're very they're definitely an experience.
2: I think I think for me what, what a lot of this comes down to and, and like I said, not having played the game, I don't really have an answer to this. But in general, for things like you know, David Cage games and things like, like this, what it should boil down to is would we accept this if it were not Kojima? if it were not David Cage. You know, like, I remember when Mighty Number 9 came out, you know, and of course that's a a fantastically famous flop now. But for the longest time, you had two camps. You had people who were like, this doesn't look like it's going to work, and then you have a whole bunch of people saying, oh, no, but he made Mega Man. And so it's going to be, you know, and so there's more of a tendency to forgive or or, um, make allowances for just on the strength of one's name or, or past work or reputation and I'm not necess- necessarily saying it's a bad thing to do it of course but I, I do think at some point there's a line and you have to wonder at what point do you reach the the point we say well even for Kojima this is extreme or even for David Cage this is bad or even you know for
0: I guess it really depends on if you like that kind of stuff because for me I I mean the more cutscenes, the better I enjoy them uh, it's rare, very rare that I skip a cutscene. So I guess it's like, if you don't want four hours worth of cutscenes, then yeah, there's certain guys, certain names you want to stay away from. But for me, like, let's say, if it was a Resident Evil game, you know, and it had four hours worth of cutscenes, I'm all in. If it's a Silent Hill or a Evil Within or a Dying Light 2, I mean, I don't know if, it, if it's in my ballpark of you know my interest you know, I'm, I'm down for four hours worth the cut or whatever it amounts to be, you know. I mean, if God of War had that much, I think I would enjoy it.
1: I don't know. See, I'm going to pull you up here, Daryl. Answer me this then. Okay, so we've talked about in the past on this show, and, and listeners would know, about narrative threads in games. We've talked about Assassin's Creed, massive stories. You, you lose track of the narrative thread, okay? So one of the challenges of a, of a film and film media is to present a narrative thread that you can follow in two to three hours. You know, and and films they 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 thrive or they die by whether they can do this. A forty-hour story. Now, this is a forty-hour story with four with substantial amount of cutscenes, and and you've talked there. You know, if Resident Evil had four hours of things just- that you wouldn't put in one si- sitting. That's the other thing too is that the movies,
2: you know, even even like three three and a half hour director's cuts for like Lord of the Rings. You're still expected to sit, you know, sit and do it all at once.
1: Yes, but they they have to maintain a narrative thread to keep you in. And Mike and I, and I don't want to, you know, dwell on this game too much. But his past work as well. Does the narrative thread get lost because there's just so much? Do you think? Like, are you happy to be taken on a, you know, a journey that that doesn't make sense for for huge portions just because there's so much? of these cutscenes, you You know what I'm sort of uh, driving at here?
0: Yeah, I get it. And I, and I guess is, I guess the simple answer, maybe it's not the best answer, but as long as it's interesting. Yeah, sure. I mean, cause like cause if you think about like open world games, like in general, like I don't know that I've played an open world game yet that didn't lose the narrative thread that, you know, after 40 hours of anything where it's like, where am I, what am I doing? You know? I guess it would really depend on you know the amount of of uh, content you're you know or what type of content you're actually talking about here. You know, for me, it would be okay. Let's use Resident Evil as an example. If you're talking like it's a forty hour experience, which those games are never that long, and you're giving me world building, and you're giving me different outbreaks, and you're giving me action sequences and horror setups, blah blah. blah. Like Mindy said, you're not going to do that. 40 hours straight so it would be broken up essentially in different acts almost like uh, episodes you know you would imagine like um, I mean like if, if you look at if you look at like a television show if you look at a game like a television show you know like you you might have a 13 episode show you might have a 24 episode show that could be technically 24 hours worth of content um, and each segmented piece would be responsible for their own beginning middle and end in the same way, any good game that has multiple moving parts, you know, like an Assassin's Creed, you know, yeah, there's the one overarching narrative, but then each individual person that you do quests for and quest lines with has their own beginning, middle, and end, essentially. So I think I think if done correctly, yeah, you can do anything for any amount of time. As long as it's interesting, and I think it would be acceptable as long as you are meeting the needs of your fan base. you know. But I'll use Resident, example, Resident Evil as an example. Resident Evil 6, that game was one of the longer games in the series and was all over the place. Three different campaigns, four technically once you beat the game, and each story was supposed to tie into the others. And they just went, they were so absurd and so off the rails that that was an example of doing it wrong. And I think Kojima, in his mind, is doing it right in general with all of his work. But for most of us who experience his games, like Metal Gear Solid 5, like there were so many dozens of hours in between cutscenes that, like, I didn't know what the freak that game was really about. All I can tell you. Of Metal Gear Solid Five is that like there's a there's a you start the game off you're in a hospital you see his butt crack out of his um little hospital outfit you know there's a flying whale in the in the distance uh, a flight flaming flying whale there's these weird skull like characters um, this chick named Quiet hums while she's sniping for you lots of desert. I don't know what that game was about. I don't know what the story was. I think that one was exactly what you're talking about, where it was so much in between the story segments that it was, that narrative thread was lost, buried, you know what I'm saying? Dug up, burnt, you know, (laughs) and then come to find out the game wasn't even finished because he, you know, Mm. So, so I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess if not done well, yeah, it could be a victim of that, or it could be really good and interesting like any good, you know what I'm saying form of a long form form of television. I'm saying form a whole bunch, so
1: yeah, now i I get what you're saying. I think though that I mean <clears throat> the, this argument about whether video games are art, so this game, I don't think you know I think this game typifies that argument. I mean there's been a shift in paradigms you know with these games like we we as gamers talk about games like you just did in terms of chapters, in terms of you know arcs, in terms of progression. but if this game is going to be a work of art, then video games themselves should stand up against the tests that would be used against traditional art forms. And one of those is critical analysis, which, you know, whether that happens in games or not, who really knows, but not critically analysing them against other games, against the actual, you know, modern artwork medium. So if this truly is something that's never been done before, if this is, is something new or whatever else, has it, and this is this is where I'm going to bring in the quote finally, listeners, and then you, you took a comment, has it, is it, is it redefining a new art form or has, as someone told me, has this just gone full Kojima off, off the leash? Is this just a case of artistic, you know, license that, that, that has not reigned in? And so what I'm referencing here, listeners, is the quote, uh, where are we? Here we go. Death Stranding is an irredeemable piece of garbage that should serve as a warning to publishers who give developers carte blanche to create art. So this was um, from Steve, uh, Steve, Orr, Steve Iber, is that right? Uh, written by Stephen Wright, his Death Stranding review. So, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, we think about the game, whether we agree with that or not, do you think, and, and we're referencing perhaps his past games, do you think that this is a danger, and a David Cage is very much, as you said, Mindy, in this line as well, do you think some of these developers and creatives are getting to the point where maybe they are off, off the leash? They're forgetting who the general public is was going to buy these things
2: i think with art in general whether it's you know cinema or or books or or video games it's always going to be a balance of what what the creators want what like what makes them personally fulfilled versus what their audience will um accept i suppose is the word i want here Mm. um you know i i can't speak much to kojima here but I do know a bit about Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis. They did um, Sherlock, the BBC one. Moffat did a lot of the early seasons, quite a lot of them, of the um, reboot of Doctor Who. He was a, a, a co-producer, I think, in the early days, and then he was like sole producer for a while. And with these guys, it's they—they they generally have good ideas. But whether or not something they're they're working on like works is a question of who they're surrounding themselves with, and if they're surrounding themselves with a lot of yes men i i i think their 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 hubris gets the better of them, their egos get the better of them, and they turn out something really bad, like you look at at b b c Sherlock you know the first two seasons were actually really good, and that was when the show was not this massive success and then it it became this massive success and I I think their heads just got inflated and they got more and more money from the BBC and probably more creative control. And then you look at especially season four of Sherlock, it's awful. It's really bad. Like the last episode, the the finale, ostensibly the season finale, it is an entirely different thing. It's, it plays like a Hollywood thriller movie with some saw built in, which is just so, it seems so far off the mark. I'm I'm not saying that I, I think it's wrong to say, but these people should have all these restrictions on them. I think it's about finding this middle ground and, and really a question of whether or not that is achieved. Basically,
0: I've got an analogy for you, and I don't know if, it, if, it, if it's really like this, but I really uh, this is where my head goes. It's like writing music, right? and maybe writing and doing anything creative, but like, there's a certain point where like, okay, you have, you, you know, my name based off of this body of work. Right. And I'm going to do this body of work to please my fan base for quite a while. Like if it's music, I'm going to travel. I'm going to play these songs. uh, I'm going to continue to here's, here's the, the singles that everyone wants to hear, blah, blah, blah. But as an artist, like as a creative mind, you really get like you, your brain's always moving. You're always working. Even if you're repeating these, these motions for a while, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're, you're you want to kind of stretch your legs. And, you know, when you talk about uh, that quote says that this is like, should warn you away from giving your creators, you know what I'm saying? Freedom. Like this is, I think just more so a testament of where your mind goes as a creative type. Like, you know, when I said Kojima is going to Kojima, like that's maybe that doesn't work for everybody, you know, but it's just like trying to, but saying you can't Kojima, it's like telling someone in a band, like, no, you can't break out of this, you know what I'm saying? Uh, This style that you do, you know, like you ever listen to like an artist who like maybe their first couple albums they put out are just like, really speak to you and they're great. And then like three albums, four albums into it, they change their style. And it's it's one of those things to where these people get really tired of doing the same thing over and over again, you know? And it's like, I'm sure a guy like Kojima doesn't want to do Metal Gear Solid over and over and over again, you know? Like, if you look at the way the game's changed and progressed, it's like, he's got other influences. He's got other things in his head. Look what he did with Silent Hill's. That's not, you know, Metal Gear Solid. And so then here we got Death Stranding. So, like, from what I understand, based on opinions that I trust, that this game is more, has more of an emphasis moment to moment gameplay on the actual controlling of your character and the act of, you know, I'm saying, taking yeah. things from point A to point B rather than a focus on a stealth mechanic, you know? Like he focused on balance and that may, maybe that seems too simple for what people expect that I don't know, but it seems interesting, you know, and it might be a thing that, that, you know, Kojima has been is sitting in his, in his office going, you know, I got all these crazy stories I want to tell, but something that intrigues him is, you know, maybe the act of creating balance in a game. There's certain games that they just, They just play better than others, you know? And that means that you have a creative type at the helm who they, they focus on that. And they, and they, they, they emphasize that to their team. It's like this game hat, like this game has to play a certain way. It's got to feel a certain way. And maybe that's what this, where Kojima's is at. He's like, I'm going to tell this crazy story and it's going to be really weird. But like the thing I really want to focus on is
1: balance.
0: And then that's just an artist being an artist.
1: See, I like that you brought up music and, and arts because I think you know th- this game—it's pushing definitely in that direction. And one of the one of the most interesting things, as you know, listeners, my my background is in music. But one of the the most interesting things is when we look at the classic art forms, music has always been a reactionary to to you know to basically literature is one of the you know unsurprisingly is one of the things that has moved things forward. And if you if you allow me to draw a bit of a bow here, listeners, I believe that games are in are, are not. Uh, they're not in a contemporary period at all. They're, you know, things like Kojima are pushing the parcel forward, but we're really in a, you know, and perhaps this is too liberal a uh, view for you, perhaps listeners, but we're in a romantic period. I mean, if we look at the other art forms, like in, in you know, the late 1900s, uh, uh, sorry, the late 1800s, I should say, the French poet Stéphane uh, Malamé, like that drop there, Mindy, he wrote a book of poetry that was all loose leaf that you threw up in the air you picked up off the ground, and then you read it in that order. Now that, you know, at the time that that's sort of revolutionary yeah we then we you know music didn't didn't break down and didn't you know really really break down in in its uh, its, uh, its full form until you know 1910 1920 and and you know music maybe people would argue didn't break completely until something like Stockhausen's string quartet where he he put a string quartet in a helicopter flew them up and then beamed the concert back down to the hall and all you can hear is basically some sounds with you know rotator blades going through and my point is that the other art forms have broken themselves to reinvent themselves. They push so hard, but games is definitely not at that point yet. We look at Assassin's Creed like that. These are, these are still pandering to the, you know, to, to the, 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 the largest demographic, like, like all romantic period art, art forms did to, you know, to the common person or whatever else, which is, you know, this, is this is how things, this is how things have always gone. Nothing is freestanding. The biggest difference, though, between the classic art forms and games is that most of these people pushing art forms forward were not driven by dollars and financial incentive. You know, none of these people were wealthy. They didn't die wealthy. Most of them, or whatever. In fact, listeners, you may not even have heard these names. You know, you should do some reading, if you don't, uh, <coughs> perhaps. But the point is that <laughs> the, the point is that games are driven by a financial dollar. Yeah, Kojima can do whatever he wants, but he's not the one putting his money up to do it. And this is a case where Sony have written a blank check, which I think most would agree to do this. And that, I think, is the crux of the question. And that's what I'm going to ask you both to sort of wrap us up. Do you think, you know, in an ideal world, and it is an ideal world because there are only a handful of creators that would ever be given this opportunity, do you think it is a safe move to give a creative, in the games sphere, a blank check to make their own game? without direction or rules. What do you think, Daryl?
0: I think um, it is very case-specific, not, not even case-by-case. Case. Like, general rule of thumb, no. I think that there are just certain people, and it's just like this in all forms of entertainment, all forms of art. There are certain people who rise above the rest, and you sit back and say, yeah, this guy right here, I don't know what the freaky's going to do, but it's going to be wild. And I think that a, uh, a Kojima is a blank check type of creator. I think that Corey Barlog is a great, as a blank check type of creator. You know, I think that, um, Hmm. I think Neil Druckmann is a blank check type of creator because their body of work, um, supports, you know, the the fact that you can trust that, that it's going to be quality. It's going to be interesting And at the end of the day, you're going to remember you're going to remember that piece of work, whatever it is. I mean, all those names that I mentioned. I mean, if you look at um, uh, Miyamoto from, you know, from Nintendo, I mean, I don't I don't really know. There's not a there's not a name per se that that sticks out in the Microsoft family these days. Um, But I mean, Cliff Bezinski at one point in time was was a name that resonated that was like doing something that I really thought he would be a blank check guy, but I think that, you know, that would be the exception to the rule right there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's just certain creators that, you know, that, that they put out interesting things and of, of a certain quality. And I think, yeah, uh, but you can't do that with everybody. You know, you couldn't give me a blank check and expect anything out of it, except for, you know, me to indulge myself with that blank check.
1: That's that's yeah, that's a good point. What do you think, Mindy? Do you think this blank check approach to push the art form forward is working? Or do you think it's just a media grab?
2: I don't I don't know if blank check is the answer. I, I don't agree with you know, well we'll give you a blank check if you hit all of these points. Cause that just seems like game design by committee and that never seems to work mm. out. Uh it's just too it's it's too fake. People catch on to that. They're like this this doesn't feel Genuine. But at the same time, and again, I, I spoke about Gaddis and Moffat and, and surrounding themselves with Yes Men. And that doesn't, you know, that didn't turn out very well. Critically or, you know, the fan response wasn't good either. It wasn't just the critics who didn't like it. It was, it was their built-in audience who were more likely to, to give this a pass was like, this is awful. I think I, I think you're right, Daryl. I think it's a case by case thing. I think there needs to be some sort of accountability, some sort of person who's willing to say to to kind of pull them back a bit and say, well, let's let's figure this out a little more. I, I you know, I don't have an answer for this. I really don't. I, I don't think there is an ideal solution for mm-hmm. any of this.
1: Uh, and I think I think that's that's what it, I know listeners, it sounds like I'm potentially shitting on this, but i do I do like the like most most contemporary art you know i have fascination in it, but I don't always have a fascination in the product, I have a fascination in the theory behind it and and the history and how it got to that point. I always think that's fascinating and i I'm sure Kojima will be looked on in the future as a revolutionary in in how he moved the medium forward, but the question is, i think. For me, you know, and again, this is totally personal or whatever else is that it's 150 hours game. And that's what it is. You know, a 40 hour story. Is it moving it far enough forward to warrant my time? And I think that's a personal question that only you can answer, listeners. You know, and it'll, as we've talked about today, it'll depend on a lot of factors, you know, whether you like him or not. But at the end of the day, time is the most valuable currency that I have. I'm sure it's the same for you, Mindy and Daryl. Um, you know, we're not getting any younger and we're all pretty, already pretty old, <laughs> very old for some of us. So so is three hours enough for me to see or will will it be more or will, will I be pushed more? And look, I don't know. We're obviously going to play more. I, I will finish the story for this, gratingly perhaps at times, but I will <laughs> because that. I want to see and I really do hope. I really do hope that games move in this direction. They're not for everybody. Like art, it's not supposed to be for everybody. But where the middle ground moves, which is for everybody, is pushed forward by people that take these leaps. I'm just not convinced yet that the leaps are big enough in games. But, look, it's a start and it's it's coming along. So I do look forward to talking about this game with both of you in the future when we've all all played it. But let, let's leave the pseudo-intellectualism there because I'm sure there are some listeners going, what, uh, he what how no i don't understand turn it off but but if you made it this far then you only must have made it this far for the spam of the week and daryl we've got to go to you because you are spammed out i can tell
0: yes i am uh you can look at my profile and see that i'm slowing down and i'm starting to not finish as many spam games Mm. but i did finish delta squad um that was the most spam. Or that was my most recent spam. And then I did the the Vita and PS4 versions of Deep Space Rush. I started uh, Distraint Deluxe Edition. And I actually really like the game. I love the aesthetic. Uh, I like the uh, Drag Me to Hell-esque story that's going on. I didn't check the trophy guide out immediately once i fired the game up the art style kind of grabbed me um and i heard you guys talk about it on the show and i when mindy said it was like dragging me to hell i'm like okay cool i started reading the game started playing through it and i've already you know kind of hurt myself on some missable trophies just from not launching the guide first uh and so i kind of stopped and i was like well i think i might start over and, and and hit the stuff that i missed but uh i have purchased I'm taking a look right now. I've got a spam folder on my uh, on my PS4. I've I purchased just ignore them, and then I <laughs> so I've got right now just in the top of my folder. I've got just ignore them, distraint again, Siggy afar from Melusina, Uh, and back in 1995. Those are the f- ones that I'm currently quote unquote working on. But you know to to call back to something you just said, time is my most valuable currency. And I'm, I don't know. I'm just kind of at a crossroads right now where I think that even the spam games are, uh, are, are just encroaching on my, uh, on the amount of time that I'm willing to give up. You know, I'm sitting at 180 plats. It's not fantastic, but it's not the bottom of the barrel. And I just like, I only have so many hours and I, I, I kind of want to enjoy some things. Uh, and two hours here and an hour here. I just, I don't know kind of waning on it a little bit
1: well mindy seeing daryl has stepped off the spam train we'll just mark that down for next time not to ask him uh can can, can <laughs> you see anything back <laughs> could you see anything that's coming up here
2: well i, I already mentioned kitten i think will be will definitely be a spam game yeah um it might take a little longer but i think it's hmm. still spam it you know more and more i look at this trophy list it makes me think of the cat lateral damage one so I wonder how much RNG there is in this.
1: What about these classic snake adventures? <laughs> this looks, this looks, look like high possibility for spam.
2: Probably, any round with three stars makes me. Yeah, I, I. This is probably spam. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, maybe not. Complete all the game with three stars. Well,
1: we'll have to. We'll have to wait.
2: Maybe not. See.
0: Now, you said that, uh, that one off the drop was, uh, was Spam Fractured Minds. You said 20, 20 minutes. Does that really knock out the majority of the trophies, or is that all the trophies? Or
2: That's all the trophies. The I did the whole yeah. thing in 20 minutes.
0: Well, see, I'm not completely
1: out, guys. That one. That one- <laughs> and, he's, and he's back. And he's back. Yeah. I, think I think your problem is that you're disillusioned, you're frustrated, and you're, you're at a crossroads because you, you don't know how to deal with the invasion of Japanese trophies on those near and dear to you. And I think that, you know, it's not your fault. <laughs> we cannot help these people. If they choose to go down this path, we can only be there and support them when it all falls over. So
0: <laughs> I can't I, read what, you know, what he's doing to know
1: how to help him. <laughs> that's right. Well, he, you know, look, sometimes we can't help ourselves in these situations, but you know, I'm all for octopus love. And if that is what's happening over there, by all means, by all means, can carry on, carry on with it. So look, I don't know that, that, that seems like plenty, Mindy. I think, I think that's a lot.
2: This game, uh, one more, this game, uh, Reborn that has four yes. stacks.
1: That looks interesting.
2: Probably spam.
1: I think this is a VR game as well. I think I read about this. I think is so. It? Yes. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that. A dead old school. Have either of you played uh, Miles and Kilo? No, this is difficult though. No,
2: I want to I want to, but I've heard it's not it it seems like it's not actually like super easy.
1: Welcome back listeners. Sorry, we just edited that last section out because Mindy had a surprise game gasm when she realized <laughs> it was an Artifacts <laughs> Monday game listed that she didn't know about. So I think we're going to hear plenty about that game in the future, but where were Shut we? up! <laughs> uh, that's great. So where are we up to, Miles? Uh.
0: The one you were calling out was the uh, Scarlet Mysteries. Is that the one you were just talking about, Mindy?
2: Yeah, I, I, I was browsing the list, and, and, and right before you brought something up, I noticed there was a new Artifacts Monday game. I had no idea it had just come out.
0: CJ, when you were talking about a football game earlier in the episode, you said that one's pretty straightforward with a guide. Does it require multiple save states and reloading and all that stuff?
1: No, no. It can all just be played in one uh, one go. But there are I'm thinking in particular there's one trophy you would definitely not get if you didn't look at the guide. Yeah, I don't think. It just involves, I mean, it's not a spoiler, it just involves clicking the mirror, but there's no reason for you to do that in the game. But yeah, no, all all once through. Yes gotcha
0: see that, that that's uh that's another one too you asked y'all asked earlier if i do if i stack some of these games and i'm not a big stacker and then there's something about having to make multiple save states and reloading chapters that's why i can't do uh most vns i just there's something about having to create a save do some things reload the save do some other things i just uh I, it mentally just taps me out
1: yeah I, I sometimes think I know Mindy. Uh, if you remember, you, I think it was just ignore them. You actually sent me a video, a different video guide, which was actually a little bit easier to follow because, as you said at the time, it didn't require as many save states. It sort of played it in two playthroughs. Was that right?
2: I, I did. So the the one, the one, the main PlayStation-centric mm. one is I think Bad Drivers, and Bad Drivers does the a, a lot of save and reloading to get you through. Whereas the, the one that I sent you was done by some guy for Xbox. And I, I wish I could remember his name, but I can't.
1: Might have been Achievement Land.
2: And his method realizing that the first probably third of the game is the same no matter what. So you play through that in a, in a specific way, make a hard save uh, in the middle of the, the motel part. And then you play through the back half of the game twice making different decisions which I think honestly saves you a bit of time it's a little more boring but it'll save you some time I think because you already know what to do so you don't really have to follow a guide for that second playthrough you just have to know what choice you made so you don't make that choice again
1: but I, I totally agree with you, Daryl. Some of the some of the more complex save ones, uh, it's crazy uh, keeping track of it of, of everything. So look, there is there's plenty of 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 spam again for you, you know, listeners. I, and I read somewhere that that Rat will be slowing down in December. They'll be taking some weeks off from the middle of December. So get it while you can you know, because there will be a little bit of a, I think they take a week off or something, you know, rat, 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 Christmas <laughs> Christmas for the rat. What know. I
2: will be interested to see is if the conversation will turn to, well, why aren't they doing it? They used to do stuff and now they don't <laughs> do stuff. You know what
1: I mean? Well, as we all know, trophy hunters love to whinge. So, too much or too little—both yeah, are valid happened. whinging points. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> to take. So, look with that in mind. Talking about trophy hunters, <laughs> let's quickly, quickly, quickly jump over to the push to plat- platinum club. And we have a few. I saw that the other week, Daryl. You are—you uh, did stack. You got the double plat there for the radder game of the week. So, congratulations! Yeah, yeah. We'll give you a shout yeah. out, seeker. So, you know, seeing so, so you—you—you—you you, oh, you joined us today, and you know. Well, there you go. Managed to survive. I had to get this one. Yeah, personally, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Well, I think you deserve it. So uh, now I'm going to butcher your name again, but you haven't corrected me ever, so I think you're used to this by now, Teresa. Uh, and that's, you know, I apologise if I have butchered it. So, Plat, Now this is interesting, Mindy and Daryl. Very, very interesting. She Platt 450 Galgun 2, which is a many people would consider a pervy game, perhaps. Uh, I believe Galgun was was banned in Australia at one point, the, the original one. But anyway, you know, that, that's great. Then Plat 500, Final Fantasy eight, And she's, I put in a lovely different picture because it was blocked or whatever else. But I sent a question saying, did you get 50 Platts in one day or have you just been saving them? It turns out she got 60-something parts in one day. So we have a, a Platinum Saver in the, in the group.
2: Oh, is there? Well, there's a there's a I I know there's a competition on PSNP that they do every year oh. called Platinum Rain,
1: this where magic. the idea
2: is to is to is to save up and then pop as many platinums as you can in a single day. Mm. So you do a lot of build up and then and then you know you're loading up however many games and just getting one easy trophy and popping the platinum at the end of it.
1: Hmm. That makes sense. Could could you imagine Daryl doing anything sixty times in one day? <laughs> no, <laughs> well, not at this age, I suppose. You know, maybe in the early twenties, but now definitely not. <laughs> uh, I think so. Now, Mindy, you're going to like this one. We have a new, a new member, uh, Gaius Guardian. Gaius, is it Guardian? I, bl- I believe that'd be a Final Fantasy probably reference, but anyway, I'll, I'll butcher that as well. And the longest plat ever. This is for Friday the Thirteenth which you're intimately nicely familiar
2: done. With. Mm. Congratulations. I know, I know from experience how uh, annoying that is and uh special kudos if you did it legit without boosting
1: Mm, mm. and should you this is the game where he could get the other plat now for free can't he or or like auto pop is that is that right or not
2: yeah it's the way it works is you you get the the other version whether it's the EU or the NA version you do one of whatever the trophy requires and it'll pop the trophy so it'll still take you probably about uh, two hours, depending on how quickly you can get together a group to kill Jason and whether or not you come back as Tommy Jarvis, because mm. you've got a one in seven chance of doing that. Cause mm. Tommy's the only one who can kill Jason and there's a trophy for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's, it's more or less a free platinum. And if you, if you have platinum one version of the game,
0: you deserve the
1: you other just one.
2: Get your trophies, man. <laughs> you yeah. deserve, you deserve to stack that game.
1: So we look forward to seeing that picture next week <laughs> for the other stack. Uh, Redbeard Rick number 92 Mass Effect. Uh, no plat pitch uh, because it's PS3. Fantastic. Uh, well done. So that's a, a big game. Uh, I did, for anyone that was querying that I wouldn't, I did manage to put uh, them the Ryan racing Kart game. Fantastic uh 580 de Easty uh on fire still Zombieland double tap road trip daryl have you seen the movie uh zombie land the second movie i imagine you would have seen the first I Saw the first one i haven't seen the second one yet uh, no. do you like them I, I mean i enjoyed the first
0: one uh i'm looking forward to the second one so yeah
1: yeah the second uh, is good I'm curious. i wonder if the game is good
0: i'm curious about the game because uh it actually looks like it might not be that bad if I'm not mistaken, it looks like a twin stick shooter and I like Mm. twin stick shooters. So Mm. I think that I'd be pretty interesting. seems like a good black Friday sale game.
1: Yes, very much. Yeah. It's only just come out recently that uh, in the last week or two, that game, I think. So anyway, we'll, we will, we will see Uh, Zador VP God of war number 437. And he thanks PS. Now we talked about that last week, Mindy, that sounds like a very good way for you Americans that have the the luxury of doing that. Unfortunately we do not hear, but a very good thing to take advantage
2: of well actually i realized for me specifically that they actually carry god of war in my local library which i wasn't expecting so i'm just going to get it for free even,
1: even, <laughs> even and then for,
0: oh, sorry, yes i wanted to touch on that i'm sorry cj i hate to interrupt you but uh i want i'm so glad mindy brought it up because i don't feel like enough people take advantage of the fact that your libraries carry uh playstation and xbox games
2: I don't think I yeah I don't think they do. I totally agree with you cuz I remember cuz I have gotten like some Lego games from the library. But what I what I failed to really look into is just how many like M-rated games they carry at the library. I think people think oh it carries kids' stuff and but no, they have you know my my local branch has several copies of Call of Duty and of course there's a huge waiting list on that cuz everyone wants to right. play it and but I don't so I don't care. But th- there are a lot of of uh you know quote adult games at the library and please support your libraries you know first of all your taxes are paying for well, them anyway say,
0: yeah you're paying for it you may as well go with <laughs> the fruits of it i think that's really awesome yeah like uh we were in the library actually um my kids read a lot like they are super nerds and um i can't i can't afford the amount of books that they can read it is insane which i'm super thrilled about so my wife is like, let's just go to the library. And we have this really awesome, very, very new library in our um in our community. And it's uh and I was in there and I watched some dude, he like had this stack of games. He probably had 10, 15 games in it. And I was like, what are you doing? I was like, I didn't even know they had those. So I walked over there in that area and our our library has a quite an extensive uh JRPG collection, actually. I was very impressed, but uh, I checked out a few things myself, and I was sitting there thinking, "Man, these are these are essentially free platinums waiting to be harvested." Uh, but I just,
1: <laughs> I like <yeah>. the image. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Yeah."
2: And you know, in most libraries, if it's like a county library, if you live in a bigger city, a lot of them, you know, do business do business with each other, but you you know all you have to do is put a hold on it at your branch and say i want to pick up at my branch and then they you don't even have to go to this out of your way library right. you just gotta wait you know it took i think two days to get the lego game
0: so i own the uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles um platinum uh game like mutants in manhattan i think it's called uh i own the game and the trophies are very grindy and uh it's kind of difficult and the game is really set up to be a four-player game, but you have to have four people playing online uh, to, to really enjoy it. And so I went into the library. I was like, "Hey, I want to check out this copy." I was like, "Can I request another copy?" They're like, "Absolutely." So I had them pick, you know, transfer one from a different branch. And then uh, me and my two boys, we sat there and linked up on all our PlayStations and played um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles together recently. It was it was very very fun. I, and I was I was like, "Man, I didn't have to pay." you know $40 a piece for other copies of this game at GameStop I was like this is awesome and that game's been delisted from the network so it's no there's no chance of it going on sale you know and and grabbing mm-hmm. you know a couple extra copies of it so
2: and that's great because even if you do like a you know a GameStop rental you still have to have the capital to put down the money for the game even if you're going to get it back in you know five or six days mm-hmm. right, you still right. have to have that 50 60 bucks if it's something new And, you know, that might be a problem for some people. Whereas the library, it's basically a timing thing. You know, are you the first person in line to get it? If so, here you go. It's fantastic. Also, there's a lot of good books in library too. So shout out to reading.
1: And the last, the last one. How can I forget this? Because I'm halfway through this. Well, half is a liberal term in itself, I think. DST also tried for, and he enjoyed that, which is good because I don't hear a lot of love for that game. It seems to have gone under the radar. It is, from what I've played as well, it is fantastic, a return to a form uh, from one and two after the, the interesting incursion that was tried 3. So, look, I don't know. I think that's it. I think that's enough for today. Is there anything anyone else wants to do, wants to say? Now is the time.
0: Nope. I think that's been a pretty, a pretty rad show, and I appreciate you guys having me on.
2: We need to, we need to get you a punch card, like you know. No, we can we can <laughs> still do that. The the sixth guest appearance get the seventh one free, something I don't know.
0: Oh, I would pay in to be on the show. I, I tell realize. you what.
1: <laughs> no, no, no! I think you, I think you've 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 racked up enough frequent flyer miles. Next time you're on, you uh, can do the intro. There you go. Look at that. Look, we share. I wanted to do it today, but oh well, man, think, you're gonna have to you're gonna go. have to pop
2: two cans at the beginning. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yes. Why not? Why not? That sounds perfect. So you know, we've you've already done it. You've thanked yourself, Daryl, before I could thank you. But you know, thank you for joining us. It's always a, a pleasure. Both Mindy and myself really enjoy it. I appreciate you giving up the time for us. Absolutely. Anytime you need me. Yeah. And Mindy, where can we find you?
2: Yes. Twitter at the mind is a city. I do have a coffee page, uh, ko-fi. The mind is a city. Uh, sorry. Slash. The mind is a city. It's just to. Bankroll so I can buy games to write walkthroughs for because currently the only developer that sends me walkthrough codes is Artifacts monday
1: Excellent. And listeners, if you if you want to bankroll me to make something creative and amazing, I only accept blank checks. Uh, they can be arranged personally just <laughs> by sending me a message on PSN, preferably in English. Thank you. Uh, so until next week, listeners, you know where you can find us. We're on all good podcast providers. Yada yada. Please, if you feel like jumping into the Platinum Club please do it's free on the ps4 and we read out the platinums if you want to write a little bit about the game i noticed some people put a few words in as well we usually read that too it's lovely for for everyone in the group to sort of you know, get a feel for some different games and 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 for any that sony managed to get past me it's also fantastic and what else do we need discord if you want to join it it's incredibly relaxed if you want to come and say hi please do i think that's everything. Twitter. Oh, Twitter, the Twitter, yes, I'm sorry, it's a, it's a real wheels are falling off, listeners. Twitter is push2plat. Push the number 2plat. We do have an email, push2plat at gmail.com. Next week, I believe Scottish Nub is starting his Final Fantasy 12 journey. I'm going to start mine perhaps at the beginning of December. Prepare yourself, Minty. A PS2 game on a PS4. 100 hours. We will see. We will see. listeners
2: you're gonna have a busy december because i know some games that you have to play for upcoming episodes that you were going to start in december i
1: know so it's gonna it's gonna be exciting it's gonna be exciting all the way around (laughs) but look until we get to that point listeners have a wonderful week enjoy death stranding let me know what you think about it please let us all know so until then have a great week thanks mindy and daryl Bye.
2: bye